Hello, Tome Show listeners. This is your stalwart senior editor, Sam Dillon, and I am here to introduce for you a very special set of recordings, the World Tree Burns podcast. Yes, it is the official recording of the World Tree Burns game, hosted by GM Dan Dillon, friend of the Tome Show. And this recording is presented to you in conjunction with Cobalt Press, of course, and also with Encounter Roleplay. Everybody and welcome back to Encounter Roleplay. My name is Will. I'm a D&D sex icon and the host of the most morally grey D&D show on Twitch. We're back today, of course. It's the world's tree burns, and we don't have the full cast and crew with us today. Actually, uh, Laura Lani is not with us, but she'll be back next week. Fear not. Uh, Carrie, on the other hand, she may not be well. We'll have to find out what happens to her in the meantime. <laughs> but let's go around the cast and crew, the rest of us, and figure out who we are and who we're going to be playing tonight. We have our illustrious dungeon master Dan Dillon with us tonight. Dan, how's it going, my friend? Hey, it's going very well. Thanks for having me here once again. Uh, so I am Dan Dillon. I'm the dungeon master of this wonderful romp through Midgard, the World Tree Burns, and uh, yeah, we're looking for uh, we're looking forward to having some nice, easy sort of downtime, reintegrating back into the city after some crazy, death-defying antics in the wilderness. So that'll be calm and and, and fun, and there will be no danger at all. Everything will be fine. Zero danger in the city of Zobek. You had it here first from Dan. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, I heard. It, I heard it's the safest city of all Midgard. Right. Yeah. Yes. I guess that's relative, right? Where you've got like a world where like <laughs> the trolls and the other cities. <laughs> I come from Neheim, so yeah, it's yeah, relative. Yeah, relative. Yeah, relative. <laughs> you. relative oh, is pretty quiet until like magical <laughs> things like just yeah. come bursting out of the ground. There True. isn't demons just hanging out because that's what they do. Or actually, there's yeah. devils. Chill. No, it's you know. There's both. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Uh, we have McLogan with us tonight. Logan, how's it going, my friend? It's going great. I'm excited uh, to see we're... I, it's it's going to be Glaz and, Mc, uh, and Cloak on Library Adventures and uh, seeing what shenanigans they get up to. And getting a mask. Uh, I, I can't wait. I hope I get a mask. Let's see if it works, but... Um, yeah, I I'm excited. And if you guys don't know, I'm playing Cloak. He's a uh, Neheim gnome. He's a ranger, and he has a dog named Puff Puff. He also has a mouse called Tonks, but it hides in his cloak, and he doesn't come out too often. <laughs> Great stuff. Well, you know, if you're looking to get an item of armor or clothing, uh, you may have to kill a dragon because that's what I had to do in order to get my plate armor back. So uh, it's likely True. to be a, a whole thing, I'm sure. Uh, we, of course, have Tall School back for us tonight. School, how's it going, my friend? I am doing great today. It has been a fun and exciting date out on the Twitters. And how in the world did this happen, Will? Two freaking oh. years. <laughs> That's crazy, man. So, uh, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, haven't I earned probation yet or something? Yeah, can I take the ankle <laughs> collar off? Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it's been, I mean, like, I, quite frankly, two of the best years of my life, so I'm happy to be here, and now I'm sitting here after, uh, I, I guess this is our, this isn't our first post-Gen Con, is it? Yeah. No, we played last year. Yeah. 
Did we they play last week? No, we played last we week. We did play last yeah, week. We played, la- we played yeah. last week. We played last week, but we were we were in the middle we were in the middle of of crazy uh crazy portals and stuff. But anyway, you know, it's been a fun ride, amazing ride. Love being here on Encounter Roleplay and ready to play some glass of shin. We are going to go and talk about some spells and talk about some books that we are trying to translate. I get to hang out at the hedgehog and uh, annoy all my friend fellow wizard friends. It's going to be a wonderful evening. I am very excited. Great stuff. Uh, and we have Josh with us tonight, who has been frozen uh, in time. Uh, he's going to be rejoining hey, us. No, he's hey, actually oh, here oh, right now. Oh, Holy oh, shit, oh, it moved. Uh, what Josh, the fuck was uh, that, dude? Hello. Take issue solved. Back in a nick of time. Josh, how's it going, my friend? Fucking. I mean, it's prophesized. I'm praising. I feel like I'm living, you know, a prophecy right now. I'm just. Here, perfect. Everything's fine. So yeah, everything is good. Um, I'm back. I am playing um, Kane. Uh, he's a Tempia Ranger. I'm still loading everything and still getting to grips with what's going on. But yeah, um, everything is everything is fine. Uh, we, were we kidnapped? No, we no. That was no. That was resolved. No, we bang, We made it back. Nothing is nothing <laughs> is going. Nothing is going to <laughs> Who got kidnapped? What? My goodness. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we, <laughs> uh, as mentioned, uh, Tio will be back with us next week. Uh, as for myself, I'll be playing Riodan, the Dampier cleric, uh, who's here today in order to uh, wear his new plate armor, which he's spent three or four episodes trying to get. So uh, finally, now that it's in his possession, he intends to flaunt it because he's got it. Uh, which is very much his philosophy in life as a whole. Uh, but before we start today's game, of course, I remind you guys we're sponsored today by Cobalt Press. Uh, let's link in a chat here and, of course, in the YouTube description if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, or take you to CobaltPress.com where you can check out all of your own Midgard D&D books, materials, uh, check out the World Book, the Hero's Handbook, uh, and keep an eye on the YouTube channel as well because I've got some great interviews coming up. It'll- our own Dan Dillon here, uh, along with many others from Cobalt Press, uh, on the YouTube channel about Midgard. So if you're keen to learn more, then that'll be a great resource coming out first week of September. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, and of course, we're sponsored today by FancyGrounds.com, our virtual tabletop of choice. Go to FancyGrounds and check out the fantastic virtual tabletop over there. Demo license is free, and their other licenses start at $4. You can play a variety, hundreds of different tabletop role-playing games with FancyGrounds. Then, of course, last but not least, WhalingGames.co.uk. It's a go-to destination for role-playing game, board game, and wargaming products. Uh, you can check them out over there. If you want to check out the new DMD books, they're up to 20% off the retail value being sold over there. And pre-orders for Dragon Heist and Undermountain are underway over there as well. Uh, you guys, of course, can interact with today's show here on Encounter Roleplay Live. If you haven't followed yet, hit the follow button and join us. We hit 40 followers today. You guys get to decide something next which happens in our game. And, of course, here is a tweet for you guys. Help out the channel, and in doing so as well, uh, retweet their tweets. When we get 20 viewer decisions, we'll have another... Uh, sorry, 20 re- retweets, we'll have another viewer decision. Uh, then last but not least, donate to a better game as well by giving players Nat 1s, Nat 20s, Wilds, Magic Surges, and so much worse. Check out all the donation stuff down below. Uh, but I will hand over to Dan Dillon to remind ourselves of what happened last week on the show. All right. Last week uh, was the aftermath of a harrowing dragon fight in which our heroes Mm -hmm. slew a flame dragon, or uh, at least seemed to have slain it, and drove it back through a portal into the elemental plane of fire, which they uh, managed to subsequently close. 
Uh, last week, they found themselves in the midst of the Margrave Forest, a dense, deep, ancient, primordial forest with uh, many dark stories surrounding its shaded groves. And they found themselves at Arrow Point, uh, held by a group of Alcide, which are, um, think centaurs, but instead of human and horse, you have elf and deer. Uh, they realized that uh, a shadow fay from uh, from the shadow realm, uh, a plane of darkness and uh, despair that exists just on the other side of the of the veil from Midgard itself, had entered into the shadow in, into the uh, Margrave Forest in the Alcides territory, and had caused some sort of terrible ruckus and had run afoul of them, and they had ended up slaying this shadow fay noble, uh, and they slowly came to trust you guys as they realized that despite your Shadowfae companion Kari, you were not uh, cohorts of this intruder. Uh, and to solidify that trust, they asked if you would sort of backtrack and clean up a mess that this uh, this strange, now dead newcomer left, which uh, rather than face down the half dozen or so figures that were holding you at bow point, you decided to go ahead and do. Uh, you followed one of them, a more belligerent member of the group, who the leader sort of brought to heel by forcing her to guide you back to, to the, the place where the trouble had started. You, uh, you went back to that grove and you found that there was some sort of strange... Um, uh, a magical artifact of some type was sort of pouring liquid darkness and shadow out into the center of this grove. Uh, Cloak, having recently uh, joined the ranks of... Offering. Oh, That's a thank you. So to everyone from Dave. Wonderful. <laughs> so everybody get those going and we'll, we'll deal with that once Thanks, we reconvene. Nice. Uh, Cloak realized that there was some sort of inactive portal nearby, most likely the exit or entrance to a shadow road, which is probably where this shadow fae appeared in the Marguerite forests and started causing his disturbance. Uh, so as you moved in to investigate this strange phenomenon, uh, Glaz was carrying an iron torch basically, that holds a little moat of pure elemental fire, this blue burning torch that burns without fuel and uh, perpetually. Uh, the light of that torch pressed and burned away this darkness that gave you guys a little um, clear bubble to stand in uh, without being touched by whatever it was. Kari, without any sort of fear, scooped up this strange little object, which uh, turned out to be a black pearl that was doing something magical. You're not really sure what, just sort of pouring... This, this shadow, almost like uh, the, the mist that comes off of dry ice when you drop it in water, just spewing it all over the place. But uh, you guys didn't get near it, thanks to that little heart of flame that you were carrying around. Uh, there were some shenanigans with a strange light bobbing off in the darkness that started uh, flashing messages back and forth with Cloak, I believe it was. And, uh, and that was a prelude as it seemed to be trying to warn you. Uh, it's... Uh, <laughs> it, it segued into an attack by an enraged owlbear that seemed touched by the uh, the shadow influence that had seeped into this grove. Uh, it was completely berserk, and uh, presumably those shadows would have been doing nasty things to you if you didn't have that flame burning them away before they got to you. So it's excellent that everybody everybody crowded in around that light. Uh, so after a pretty nasty battle with that and the bobbing flame, the, the lantern light out in the woods turned out to be a will-o'-wisp, a, uh, a, a, an undead soul that uh, floats through wilderness places, luring travelers to their doom and then feeding off of the anguish of their deaths. Uh, 
so after dispatching those two threats, you are able to return to the All Seed and uh, essentially solidify your friendship with them, uh, at least for the moment. And they guaranteed you safe passage through their territory, at least from their people. Um, the Margrave is a dangerous place, and they can't uh, they can't control every aspect of it. But uh, you gathered a few interesting belongings that were left behind on the Shadowface corpse. The Alcide had no interest in them, and were just as happy to have you take them away, as well as claiming his mount, which was an emaciated, undead-looking, almost like an undead unicorn, is what the thing looked like. Uh, however, Kari recognized it as a creature known as a Shadhavar, which is very much alive, much more intelligent than a regular horse, and of a, um, a darkly magical nature. And uh, she has claimed it at this point as her mount. You, uh, you interred the, the shadow, fel- uh, shadow Elf's body in, uh, in sort of out of the way and made your way back to Zobek. And I believe that is where we left off. So we're picking up as you return to the free city. Uh, Kari has just realized that her horse has the ability to disguise its appearance with an illusion uh, as it was starting to get some strange looks from the travelers on the North Road and uh, took the initiative on its own to uh, change its appearance to seem that of an ordinary black stallion. So it will draw no more attention or strange looks for its terrible, horrid appearance. And uh, there are a number of bits of business that you guys had left sort of hanging that I think several of you want to want to get to. I'll remind you that Paula Everforge, the dwarven smith who you rescued, has taken um, uh, Riodan's plate armor to make good on her promise yeah. to finish fitting it to him so he can wear it without incident. And she is doing that free of any further charge since you, you know, saved her mm-hmm. life. <laughs> and uh, and is uh, going to look into forging one of the flame dragon scales as well as some bear teeth that you guys recovered uh, into a mask for our Nimheim gnome friend Cloak. Amazing. So we had a couple of wild magic surges from uh, a very own Dave. Uh, so my one was that I wake tomorrow believing that I've slept for 2d10 years. Oh boy! <laughs> Look, I am a damn beer, you know. Like I, Riordan very well may well believe that he could fall asleep for like multiple years. Um, Glass, Glass's feet explode if he ventures more than one mile from here. Oh, it looks oh, like he stayed in Zobek for a little while, buddy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I uh, have much fun here in Zobek, uh, reading for a very long time until I will no longer explode. Or until, I, I mean, maybe explode is figurative, some type of, yeah, well, the, maybe the ley line my feet or something? <laughs> um, cloak, <laughs> Cloak is my favorite one. And the cane, I think we need a roll from you, by the way. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Cloak becomes lost if he enters a forest by himself. Ooh. <laughs> He's in a Which makes no goddamn sense. It's my favorite terrain. <laughs> well, I will, I will just throw out there that if you wandered into the Margrave, it would make perfect sense that you got lost, favorite terrain or not. But we won't worry about that now. Oh, oh I'm going to go to the Margrave. Oh, it does. Amazing. Uh, so, uh, yeah, well, definitely what Riordan is doing, well, if we're doing some little, little bit of downtime here, maybe, sure. uh, is that Riordan is... 
yeah, getting getting fitted basically. Like he he sends along his measurements because of course he's taken them himself many a time. Uh, but he'll also go to meet with with Paula to uh, to get them fitted, and he will critique her work as she does it in the most annoying of of fashions. Uh, he truly is one of those people that will tell you how to do your job when clearly he has no idea about how to do it. Uh, one of the, the worst people on the planet, uh, and yeah, he's. But does he snap really, at waiters? He, he's not a waiter snapper. I have to say, really. Just making sure um, he's not a waiter he, snapper. He compels them with his with his mind and his eyes, his vampiric sense to to come towards him. But um, but yeah, he's like you know, really, you want to do uh, the, the the engraving slightly different. I think I don't really like the look of that at all. You know that symbol over there? Let's change that. You know, and. Uh, Gives her all of these clearly impossible things to, to, to you know to do, um, but he does thank. So so uh, so as you start getting into the nitty gritty of you know the aesthetics of the armor, talking mm. about the engraving and various devices that might be on it, it's it's fairly plain to begin with, uh, right. but she just sort of rolls with it, right? And she's like, yes, okay. of course, that's some, that's something we can certainly look into doing. And, and she just like it's it's like she's dealt with fussy aristocratic clients. Uh, right. any number of times before and you're just kind of one more of those and so she uh she kind of speaks that language and uh is a little obsequious about it and just sort of uh agrees with whatever, whatever kind of request you have right. all the while just doing whatever it is she needs to do to get this job done uh and so over the course of the evening she gets all of the direct fitting uh completed with no problem and um then, oh, hang on, something just happened. I'm just bringing you guys on the program. Oh, okay, I see what you there. Gotta, gotta, sorry, that was very confusing. Um, and she says that she'll have a little bit more work to do that really you can't be there for because she needs to take the armor off and manipulate it, and it will right. be ready for you to pick up the following morning. So as soon as uh, as soon as her shop opens, which is, remember that her, uh, her forge is in the gear district of Zobek. Right. And uh, she will be there and ready for you. Uh, in the morning, first thing. Amazing, incredible. <laughs> Thank you, darling. I'll be back at the fuck house. If you want to take a break and uh, relax, then you know where to find me. Apparently, at the Silk Scabbard. Yes. Yes, it is a, a, a house of pure fuck in so many senses. Purely. <laughs> uh, I have I have something for you, Dan. You're gonna love sure. this. Um, I love it. Zobek. There are quite a lot of crossings in Zobek, right? Uh, crossings sort of meaning across across rivers and stuff bridges. like that. There are, yeah, there are yeah. quite a few. Yes, and fantastic. Next bridge that Caster crosses turns to chocolate. Interesting. Huh. What kind of weather? What kind of weather is currently in Sobek? Is it a hot day? It's already hot. Uh, it's, it's, day. it's not particularly hot. It's sort of uh, mid to late spring. So right now it's somewhat rainy, however. Uh, there's a good overcast going uh, that has cast a, a shade over the countryside. And uh, you can tell it has rained recently, and you expect it might again before too long. Hmm. So Good. we'll see how well chocolate stands up to the rain. <laughs> and children. Like and kobolds. Yes. Oh, God. Can you imagine like a horde of kobolds? Just like, yeah. Oh. Ah! Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> Don't worry about that. All right, so uh, let's see. We'll say this uh, this wild magic surge happened after you guys are, are essentially already back in the city. Um, so Kari is going to take the sealed letter that you found in the Shadow Phase possession, which is addressed to something called Winter's Kiss, and uh, several of you have realized that that is an embassy uh, from the court of the Shadow Fae to Zobek itself. Um, none of you know where to find it, even those of you who've spent a great deal of time in Zobek, particularly Kane, because you know that... There we go. Doesn't that mean she gets them too? Isn't that that's how that works? <laughs> Oh, hey. that's a gray area. We don't. Just in case it wasn't included in her donation, I believe with my subscription for two years, I do get a wild magic <laughs> search that I would like to give to our friend, Lorelania. Do you want me to roll that then? So I have, I have a question. If she's not playing right now, can we donate to give them to her and they happen to her in real life? I mean, personally, I don't see how that's any different from an NPC getting wild magic surges, right? So, I'd say, yeah. <laughs> so, Dan, did you roll know this wild magic surges, or did you just accidentally roll I haven't, four? I haven't rolled anything, no. Oh, that's Okay, weird. I rolled four, but that, yeah, that was just me being awake for 24 hours, I'm sorry. Okay, so I'm we should go more. Yeah. <laughs> Just being a robot, and I'm like, I heard four. <laughs> I'm gonna so do as, four. We're, uh, as we're sorting those out, uh, you know that Winter's Kiss, its location is hidden, and if the stories are to be believed, its, its location is not stable. It changes. It moves about the city into different locations. It's incredibly difficult to pin down. Uh, so Kari is going to take that letter that is addressed to the ambassador himself and is going to go off and attempt to locate where Winter's Kiss can be found now so she can deliver that, because it's probably important. Okay. As she does that, her wild magic surge, is that her weapon is sheathed in a soft wool tube. Soft wool tube. Interesting. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, mine is that my ears resemble butterfly wings. I agree. I think they Interesting. do. Interesting. I don't fucking believe this shit. Kane, uh, so of course, <laughs> of course, Target's voice sounds like someone of the opposite sex. Oh, he's had so All many right. fucking you voice your voice. Changes. <laughs> I, can't, I can't handle this shit. I can't handle so, this shit. Cloaks is someone nearby tries to swallow his arm elbow first. Okay. Reasonable. <laughs> yeah. I've got like... a lot of fucking weird ones. And, and Glaz, which actually works fi just fine for Glaz. Target reacts violently to anyone with blood-stained clothes. Sure. Glaz, Glaz I can work that into Glaz. Okay. <laughs> He's been around a lot of violence lately. Yeah. Apparently it's taken its toll on him. All right. <laughs> Oh, goodness. So, uh, which one was that soft wool tube? Was that for... That was for uh, Carrie. Yeah. That was for Carrie. All right. Tube. Interesting. Yeah. Soft wool. Right. So, her, so her bow is packed in wool. <laughs> very strange. Very, very strange. 
All right. So as uh, as you all are getting settled, where is everyone uh, setting up to stay uh, while you're in Zobek? I know a few of you at least grab temporary rooms at the Silk Scabbard, um, which maybe some people speed, but not others. Uh, I know that uh, Glaz was looking for a place in or around the Hedgehog. Yes, I would very much like to stay near the Hedgehog so I can be close to all the magic and fun and zinga zinga things. <laughs> all right. So the Hedgehog is located in the Collegium District. And mm -hmm. uh, since it's so close to the Arcane Collegium, you have many rooms you can find there. So you can very easily find a place to stay there as well. The Kulasanan uh, quality... Inn. Sorry, what? Kulasanan, because clerks were... The coolest sounding inn. Oh, um... Let's see. In the Collegium District itself... Uh, you have mostly the Hedgehog, which is just a tavern, though. It doesn't actually have rooms. Um, just fancy. Yeah. Uh, it see. looks like in that district, you're looking at mostly rooms for, for rent, rather than uh, than an actual... Airbnb. We do have an Airbnb that we will go to. What's <laughs> up? You know, it's where the air elementals stay. Yeah, it's... Why are they on this room? Because well, it it's is the, the Arcane Collegium. Somewhere. Somebody clearly conjured okay. the elementals. All right, so so Glass and Cloak, are you guys looking at a place together or just nearby? Well, I think we're, we're together. Roommates. We'll be the odd couple. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Um, pretty sure Rio Dan is staying at the Silk Scabbard for certain. Uh, where is Kane sure. going to find uh, regular lodging? Um. Oh god, what is right? I'm sorry, I'm just trying to collect. So at the moment, Kane, I can speak, but I have to concentrate. But I now sound like a woman, but I can speak through my owl, mm -hmm. which sounds different. And no mm -hmm. one has. We haven't. We haven't gone into why that is a thing. It just is a thing. And also, yep. I can randomly read different languages. languages. Yeah, I. Sometimes, sometimes I do. If I look away for five seconds, Dan's just like, no, fuck you. <laughs> so, right, okay, um, in which case, I'm going to uh, go and find the crappiest, shittiest hovel I can. Somewhere cheap, somewhere I can be left alone. I just, I just want away from everyone for a, a little while now. All right. I'm starting to uh, suspect so... my party members are doing something to me. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so Kane probably has a place somewhere down in, uh, say, Lower Zobek, near to mm. the Cobalt Ghetto, um, which probably not in the Cobalt Ghetto itself. You're uh, you're a bit too tall to to get along there without issues. Although you do have kind of a history with the Kobolds where they at least recognize you and they don't harass you directly. Um, you've done some services for uh, various members of the uh, of the Cobalt Ghetto, including one of the King of Kings at one point, you know, decades ago at this point, so long gone. But uh, but that reputation has stuck with you. So the uh, the small scaly folk, they, they've seen Kane around, they know him, they know not to screw with him, at least not so much as the other two talls that wander Zobek. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and he can he can kind of get by there. And as I recall, he has some interest in uh, the Cobalt uh, 
their sort of in industry, which is particularly tinkering, uh, gear grinding, and alchemy quite a bit. I, I believe Kane has an interest in that, does he not? He does. So Kane actually, uh, back in the day, you know, bounty hunting is all well and good, but there's not always a bounty to be had. However, the kobolds um, are very industrious creatures and they get around a lot and they do a lot of uh, mechanical labor and hard work and that sort of thing. So um, I believe one of my previous jobs was actually escorting um, kobold caravans uh, on their way to mine in some pretty desperately crappy places um, mm -hmm. and I provided sort of close protection so they could excavate, bring stuff back and I'm very interested, oh it's my 20 month anniversary and yeah no, I think it's it's kind of, he's always been fascinated by um, Gear Forge and stuff like that, however yeah there was that one incident that I got there was something happening, and it's been a while since I've really been back. Um, so I'm curious to see what's going on in, in that kind of district at the moment. It's it's just interesting. It's so much foreign sort of stuff. I also imagine, like, I spent quite a bit of time under the mountain, and just I'm basing this off, like, technology nowadays, how far we've come in, like, 20 years. I'm imagining sure. going back and like the gear forged being like the difference between a Nokia and an iPhone. And like they just do shit that I'm just like, that's amazing. So Kane's, yeah, Kane's got a lot of fascination with progress of time and what the kobold are, right. are doing themselves nowadays. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, certainly. So uh, you can sort of make uh, make some connections with a, a few of the kobolds that you have kept in contact with in more recent years, uh, since they, um, you know, they don't live much longer than humans. So uh, a lot of the ones that you've made over the years have have died off by just uh, happenstance, misfortune, or the inexorable grind of time that seems to ignore you for the most part. Um, but you've kept uh, you've kept in contact with a few. Uh, in particular, you know there's a cobalt coachman who plies his services basically all over Zobek, uh, and there's a, a particular black coach, uh, and that uh, that he will take anyone pretty much anywhere, and he always has a pulse on the goings on uh, in the city. So he's often a source of discreet information. Uh, so. Let's see. I was uh, muted. Oh, you're right. Okay, go ahead. But yeah, I was going to say, is there any chance I would be able to go and pay him a visit and see if he's uh, still kicking around? You could, you could probably track him down. You know his name is Black Eye. Black Eye. Okay. Mm -hmm. I like that. In which case, well, uh, yeah, we'll go around and see what the others are doing. But that's that's my intent is to go track this guy down and uh, get my finger back on the pulse because I'm finally. I'm very, very excited about this. We hit level three, and that means that I have taken, I've actually taken my subclass from being a ranger from Cobalt Press's fantastic uh, material, and mine is all to do with urban encounters and Zobek, so I'm gonna go read up on that. Yep, very good. Uh, all right, so you can spend some time uh, asking around about and, and looking for Black Eye, and it isn't uh, difficult to track him down. He's always out and about pretty much every day, all day, and uh, out for hire. And you 
uh, put the word out that you're looking for him. And uh, before too long, he will uh, basically come and find you at one of your regular haunts, be that the, the Silk Scabbard or one of the other places that you frequent. Um, the Wheat Chief Tavern is a pretty rough and tumble uh, tumble bar that you've you've uh, spent some time in. That you have a pretty you have a reputation as a, a man to be left alone there because it's often rife with sort of city scum. And if they get a price on their heads, they don't want anything to do with you. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, he he catches up with you at or near the wheat sheaf, and you see his black carriage sort of clopping down the street, uh, uh, pulled by its horse. And you can see that he is up on the driver's board, and he has kind of a wide-brimmed leather hat that he has pulled low to shade his eyes from the glare of the sun. As a kobold, he finds it uh, somewhat distasteful, but he braves it for uh, the good of his business. And he pulls the carriage up to a halt nearby and uh, and hops down and sort of tips his hat at you. And you can see a little gleam of his eyes in the shadows under there. And the, uh, the tip of his snout is uh, sort of peeking out from under the shade. And he uh, holds his arms out, little clawed fingers, and he says, Hey, been a long time. Heard you were looking for me. Kane nods uh, and he will he will lower himself to the kobold's level. Um, you know, rare take a knee. Sort of, yeah, he yeah drops down to a knee, and uh, I imagine like. I imagine there's like a cost, like an arranged cost for buying like the local gossip. That I imagine, like I probably kept his palm greased, and uh, he'd keep me appraised. Like you know, someone's behind on tax or something like that. Someone skipped bail. Someone's you know pissed a local gang lord sure. off. That sort of thing. And I think it would just be a silent exchange of um, him placing a coin in the little kobold's claws sure sure uh so yeah you you can uh you can pass uh some gold along to him which he kind mm. of takes and it uh he sort of flexes his fingers around it and it, the coin just sort of vanishes mm. as he does so uh you've <laughs> seen him do this any number of times you're pretty sure it's just sleight of hand but it's something that he's done for years and so he's gotten good at it and so yeah. he uh he says, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. He says, well, things have been interesting around lately. What are you looking for? Same old, same old? I guess, what, remind me the names of those mercenaries that were down in the sewers. They were called oh, something. Uh, right, the, the ones who had the tattoos. Uh, the Black, the shield. black yeah. Hand? Oh, yeah. Black Shield. Black Shield. The Black Shield. Yeah, mm -hmm. so... And so I imagine Whisper is sort of on your shoulder or hops to kind of the uh, the buckboard of the carriage nearby and just sort of watches yeah. the two of you. Yeah, and Kane will lean in as sort of Whisper cranes uh, its neck round, searching, keeping an eye out, and uh, Kane mm -hmm. just whispers, The Black Shield... 
the tip of his little reptilian tongue kind of darts out along his needle-like teeth, and he nods his head and goes, Black Shields, yeah, they've been getting around recently. I heard uh, some of that crew got hired for some nasty work down in the cartways. Not something you would have had anything to do with, right? <laughs> He uh, he yeah. says. Yeah, he just gives him like a, a sly nod, <laughs> just like sure, we understand. Sure. Yeah. Black shields are run by a man named Vandessian Thrick. That's Thrick with two Ks. You can find him here and there. In fact, he sometimes likes to spend his coin on the fights and the girls at the Silk Scabbard. But I hear tell he's going to be down in the cartways at the black market looking for something special in a few nights you can for sure catch him there <laughs> so when he mentions the black market you can hear the capital letter uh, the capital letters in the words uh, he's not meaning uh, just the uh, the the general sort of commerce for illegal goods he means the cartways black market which is a very specific place and it's actually one that Kane probably knows how to get to already, so he won't need to, say, hire Black Eye to find the right entrance to it, which you know is a service that he provides. If you're looking for something in the cartways, he can uh, probably find you a way in, out, and maybe even something specific within it. Okay. Um, in which case, yeah, I'm going to like nod appreciatively, and um, yeah, we'll... Uh... I'll keep, I'll keep sort of an eye. Do you say it? Yeah, Van, Van Dessian Thrick. Van Dessian Thrick. Okay. Uh, I'll sort of nod to him, and I'm going to... Yeah, I'm going to go find a dive um, somewhere that, uh, you know, has... Somewhere that can, like, cater to my need of no one talking to me right now. Away from well, the weed chief. The weed, yeah, the weed chief is probably a great place to do that. Um, the silk scabbard is a little bit lively uh, and maybe doesn't fit the somewhat. Uh, Dan, sounds his, a bit his, somber. Here's is my problem. Basically, I want to go to the fuck house, but I don't want to go anywhere near Riordan for like a good twenty-four hours. Like, I just need some time from Riordan. I hear you. So either like get rid of him for me. Or, or find me someone <laughs> similar but grottier. Simple. Uh, the the Weed Chief will fit your bill on pretty much all fronts. It's a nasty Fantastic. dive. It's full of just really unsavory characters. You're pretty sure a lot of uh, a lot of illegal business gets done through there, and Fantastic. they will leave you the hell alone because nobody wants on your radar unless they're sure they can handle you. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna fight, drink, and misbehave. would not be caught dead there. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna fight, drink, and misbehave. That's what I'm. Right, right. That's what I am to do. You know, Riodan, it's the sort of place where you order wine and get vinegar, and they give you a blank stare when you try to point out the difference to them. So it's, it's not, honestly, not the sort of place you'd be interested in. For hobos, and I don't mean yeah. that. <laughs> it really way. is. Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, so you can head to the wheat chief and drink your cares away and uh, take your frustrations out on people who get too uppity for for the next couple of days. Um, so Riodan, you can uh, you can uh, acquire your armor from Madame Everforge, 
So make sure that you have that all set because you're good to go now. You have your plate armor. It's not giving Amazing. you any sort of uh, proficiency issues. It's not interfering with your spell casting. It's all set. Um, oh. And currently, it's essentially unadorned. It has a little bit of embellishment maybe around the sides right. and kind of on some of the larger plates. But it's really uh, kind of a blank canvas if you want to do anything with it. Cool. I'll think on that. Um, I think for now I'm going to keep it simple. Sure. If you want to throw like a surcoat or a tabard or anything like that over it, hey buddy. Right, right. Good night. Less is more. Less is more. Yes, yes. Indeed. All right. So uh, as I recall, also there was some interest in searching out information at the library. Yes. Well, first, yes, we have got to find the room, and then we need to go to the hedgehog, and then we need to go to the library, and then we've got this book that we're trying. Oh, actually, we need to go back to our good friend. Um, I do not believe he had finished yet, or had he finished, he was uh, our uh, our guy, our translator uh, friend. Um, oh, the Tomars uh, wear books. Uh, no, he he. Fin remember, you guys paid him for a rush job, so he got that done yes. really quickly. And you have the uh, you have the the transcription of the book. Got, well, but uh, we as far as, was, as, we have a as far yeah, as, we have a not a translation, a transcription. Right, just a transcription. Yes. Uh, and it's only the specific coded parts that you were interested in. All the rest of it, you figured you could get back or didn't need. Uh, so right. you have just the ciphered parts of it. And um, you can also work on breaking that code, yes. So first, uh, shall we try to find the room? There is a lot of uh, you can. Where... You guys, yeah, you guys easily uh, track down um, a woman who is renting out a, a very small Basically, like a almost like a, a little one or two room, like a two room shack, kind of at the back of her property, and uh, it's clean, it's in decent repair, it's not very glamorous, but it suits your needs, and uh, you guys can uh, can rent that from her no problem. How much does oh. renting cost? Uh, so that's covered by lifestyle. Um, if you want okay. to pay up to cover your lifestyles. That is done. The cost is by the day, and you can just pay it in a lump to, like, if you want to pay up for a month or whatever, you can do that. So, lifestyle expenses, uh, we're going to call these modest, mm -hmm. uh, which will run you one gold a day. And that is ju not just rent, that's rent, food, you know, stuff to keep your weapons and armor up, all that stuff. Um, I think okay. we get it for a month, yes? Or just a week at a time? What do you think? How far are you we are going to venture a field, do you think? It might be uh, nice to have to keep things. I mean, yeah, we can, we can keep it for a month, but we don't know how long we're going to be... Like, we don't know where the where life's going to take us, you know? Like, so, what if Rodan's all of a sudden like, I want to go to the fuck house in Namibia? And then you're like, okay, magical fuck house. And then, and then we're on a venture trying to get to a magical fuck house. Yes, but eventually we will come back and we will have a place to hang our hat, which is always nice. We'll come home and it's a place that we can say that this is where I'm living. It'll be our it'll be our first place together. Well, I mean, yeah, it's okay. So, so yeah, I mean, so fifteen for me, fifteen from uh, from you, and then yes. um, uh, I also have actually a gem. I think lifestyle though it would be thirty for each of us, right? That's the way that I mean, works. If you, guys, if, you guys are gonna, if you guys are gonna share the space, I'll let you split the cost. That's fine. Okay. Okay. Um, I have five gems, two diamonds, and a sapphire, 
and three gems worth 50 gold, if I jotted this down correctly. One of I them, I think I gave to... Uh, yeah, Laz has the 50 Laz. gold diamond so he can cast his spell. Okay, right. we had two of those. I hit, I took the other one because I was like, anyone else want it? And everyone just kind of didn't say anything, so Cloak just kind of slowly put it in his uh, cloak. And then... Sure. Um, uh, and I believe was, uh, yeah, so it was two diamonds, and then uh, three... There's a carnelian in there, because Glass was going to buy the carnelian off whoever took it, because he wanted the carnelian, because it matches, he, see, it matches my skin. I would just give you a carnelian, then. So, like, that, that's the thing. So, uh, like, I'm, I'm deciphering the crazy notes that, because, like, we were all going through a dungeon. So, sure. I have one diamond, you have one diamond, um... You want the carnelian, you can have the carnelian. There was a sapphire, and then there was another gem in there, and I don't I didn't write down what it was. I just wrote down it was worth fifty gold. I think so I said it was a it was a I think I said it was a blue spinel. It is a blue, blue spinel. spinel. I just looked at my um, yep, it's a blue spinel. I said right, right, right. I'm shocked right. that I remembered <laughs> Yeah. how about how about we rent it for fifty days and we give her this? Perfect. Yes, that sounds good to me. And then uh, Cloak would like walk up to the lady and be like, "Look, this is worth fifty gold. So can we have the this lovely abode for fifty days?" Uh, so she is a um, she is an older halfling woman, and her eyes kind of widen a little bit when you bring that out. And she takes it and examines it, and she says, well, "Yes, yes, no. I, th- I think that should do very, very well. Um, well, enjoy enjoy your new home." Thanks. Yay. She kind of tucks it away into a pouch and gives you a gives you a bright smile. Um, uh, so she'll yeah. uh, she'll kind of sh- she'll show you to the back, give you a key, um, and and show you what's in there. There's really not a whole mu- uh, not a whole lot in there. It's very very barely furnished. So you have a couple of beds. Um, Quick question. Like a chair and a table, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, does uh, Puff Puff like her? Um, Puff Puff uh, sort of goes up and gives her a sniff, and she just gushes over Puff uh, when when the okay. this sort of sh- oh, shimmering golden-haired hound comes up. She gets down on her knee and starts talking in baby voice. Oh my goodness, hello! And uh, ruffling up her fur, and and Puff Puff is just beside herself. Yeah. Okay, so, that's a, that's a, that's one indication if we would stay there. If Puff Puff didn't like her, we wouldn't stay there. Sure, she passes the sniff test. Okay. Um, uh, so she uh, she shows you to your home, uh, leaves you to get uh, get settled in, and you know do as you will. And she makes her way off to head to work. It uh, appears she is a maid at the Collegium. Oh, that's that's cool. Cool. Uh, uh, do we catch her? Hmm? Sorry to do the you name. Your name. Sorry to do the thing on you. Does she have a name? Oh, that's fine. Yeah, no, uh, totally do the name thing. I have. I am prepared for just such an occasion. Uh, what is your name, dude? It's so nice that you are a landlord. <laughs> oh, no, it's not Stephen, because then it becomes Stephen. Oh, I can't even. Shirley. Uh, my name is Stephanie, uh, and you're staying at my lovely abode, so deal with it. <laughs> Thank you for the gem. Her I name. want another one tomorrow. Her name is D, just D-E-E. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, kettle whistle. Oh, what the lovely name is Kettle Whistle. Yep. And so she's your landlady. 
Oh, you're very, very welcome. It's lovely to meet you, Cloak. Lovely to meet you, Glazashin. I am Glazashin. I am from Bimia. I'm studying Bimia. at the Collegium. Oh, I'm trying to become a geomancer. so very far away. My goodness, you must have... Well, you must have gone through Dornig, I would imagine. You couldn't come through the wastes. Well, it it was a very long story. Perhaps we will have tea sometime. I will make you some. And do you play games by any chance? I'm a good. I, I am a, a big fan of playing games. Maybe uh, one night or one morning or sometime on your day off, I can bring out all of my different games and we can throw some dice or we can play some chess or I have some cards. And he just goes on and on. Sure. <laughs> all right. Well, she uh, she just sort of lets you go on for a little while, nodding and smiling, and then she says, "Yes, I think that sounds lovely. Once you uh, once you boys get settled, I would be very happy to uh, to share some tea and games with you, and I'll even I'll even bring you dinner as a housewarming." <gasps> oh, aren't you just the sweetest thing? Sweet. Thank you so all right. Much. So she she uh, bids you goodbye and goes off to get ready for work and to let you guys get settled and get on with your day. Okay. So. Um, so- Oh, we're we gonna just say arm wave. Uh, well, I was just gonna say, can we arm wave the getting mending done on the robes and get that oh. so and getting that sold? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you go to the hedgehog and you whip out that that robe with the giant bear claw rend in the front of it, and uh, and just start. You just start sort of start rattling off the story, and you have a couple of people hooked immediately uh, based on just the, uh, the embroidery and the. Um, uh, just the the craftsmanship of it, which isn't uh, from Zobek. And in fact, one of the uh, one of the individuals will look at it and he'll kind of check over the uh, the fabric and the craftsmanship, and he'll say, uh, "Well, if I'm not mistaken, this is from uh, one of the Seven Cities. This looks to be from Camestraboli. Interesting. What the fuck? Wait, would I know? I would know. Seven Cities. Glass might know. Yes, he's probably heard of some oh, of the probably. Seven Cities. I mean, it's 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 not a secret. You've heard of them, certainly. Yeah." I apologize that what the fuck was the spider that Josh apparently just caught. This just uh, fucking attacked me. Oh, my lord. The fucking Tia sent that one off, dude. Cass had your friendship on it. Welcome to Encounter Roleplay, where people buy stuff to attack you. <laughs> <laughs> Monster Whoa. donate. That would, how, how fucking metal as fuck would that be, like, if I release actual fucking like insects at people like 10 pound donation i send a fucking swarm of wasps over to loke's house just saying about a 10 hour flight later i'd be knocking on your door yeah. <laughs> yeah. summon oh. the bucks now do it <laughs> 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 All right, so uh, so this so, individual uh, not only can mend the uh, the tears in the robe for you, but he also identifies where it came from. And I, because I'll never get that spelling right. Um, if at some point you can just throw that in uh, in somewhere, <laughs> because seven cities have long names. Yeah, there we go. I, I dropped it in the uh, in the, the call. Yep, I see the Kame Stromboli. Well, that is Kame Stromboli. Now, isn't that the most interesting thing? But unless you uh, are going to collect uh, from this, I'm thinking, uh, don't you think, Cloak, we should sell it? And we, then we have a little bit more coin when we go over to the library and perhaps purchase some books or some spells. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm thinking the gold is worth more than pretty robes. Unless you would like them. I, I, they do not fit me. Or I, fit my I, I have this wonderful cloak that, um, that will always last forever. So you can sell that. I don't care what you sell. 
That's yeah. how you can either you can have it or you can sell it. That's how it's all up to you, man. Uh, no, I'm thinking we sell it. Uh, and if this gentleman is interested in buying it, we certainly will sell it to him, or I'm sure we can find some place. We will sell, we will yeah. add to our list of to-do items uh, to swing by a tailor uh, or secondhand cloak dealer or robe dealer. Yeah, you can find someone to buy it, no problem. It's uh, it's incredibly high quality. You can use prestidigitation to remove the blood stains, <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, they they will have no trouble reselling that. It is, I mean, it's a two hundred and fifty gold piece robe. It's it's yeah. very very. And nice. Zobek has people who would pay that for robes easily. So. Oh yes, there are there are powerful influential families for whom uh, wealth and ostentation are very important statements. So absolutely. So. Um, uh, I still have this elemental fire that we need to go see about uh, perhaps seeing at the Collegium. I know you have a library pass. That's a, that's a good much... question. What what are you doing with the Heart of Flame? Are you just carrying it around? Are you? Yeah, unless uh, Cloak stops him, Glass is just carrying it around. Cloak might well, have something we, to say about that. No, Cl- Cloak would have him carry it around because of what it is and what it's inside of it. He's convinced it's inside of it um, and what, what the potential it, it could be. Um, so we, uh, I, I don't know how many, if Cloak has his mask yet. Um, uh, not yet. You guys did need to take the flame to Paula Everforge if you wanted to have her use that to forge oh, the, right. the dragon scale. I guess that's our first stop then. We need to drop off the flame and then we can go to the library. Well, not, and in not fact, uh, if, if you guys want, that can be about the same time Riodan is going to pick up his armor. The next oh, day. Okay. So. Um, one thing I want to do while we're getting the house set up, uh, because Cloak was waiting for because he wanted to talk to Glaz. Um, he kind of like pulls him aside and like wait wait for D uh, uh, Kettle Whistle to leave. I almost call her Kettle Pot again. Uh, and sure. he said, "Do you know when we were in that dungeon? Like, and I saw into the." Uh, um, the, the fire void, which was the uh, now we know as the elemental plane of fire. So yes, in the city of glass. Something, something woke up inside of me, right? And now I can, yeah, I can see like the the weaves of the realms and like what where they like lay, and I can use that to like pinpoint uh, uh, people's weaknesses. And like I was when we were talking to Albert, I was like cutting through the shadow and hitting the bear. If that makes sense? No, that makes very much sense. It's, uh, I, I, my, sometimes when I am uh, in tune with the, uh, the the song of the ley lines, I'm able to do uh, things that uh, are, are very similar to exploit people's weaknesses or make spells uh, last longer or go further. But uh, I'm, I'm able to sense portals now. So when we went to that shadow area, I was able to sense what, and I don't know if it's the same as your ley lines, but it was there was something like, and I'm always and and then he pulls out the vial and he's like, but I still have this, and uh, it is like probably frosted over, and he has it like in a cloth, um, yeah. and he's like, and he like tinks it around a little bit, and he's like, that's the shadow pearl. Oh, the darkness. Yep. Yeah. So you uh, you pull out that little glass vial, and it is indeed iced over. Um, it's like you know when you wake up in the morning and go to your car, and there's just that fan mm-hmm. feather pattern of frost 
over the uh, over the windows. It's over the entire vial, and the ice has sort of crept up over the cork as well. Um, now you can hear the pearl rattling around in there, and then when you bring it out into the sunlight, it very quickly starts to to melt away in the in the rays of the sun, and the sort of blackness that had filled the vial when you originally put it in there, when it was pouring darkness off of it, that seems to have receded, and there's just that little dull black bead rattling around in the bottom of the the glass bottle. Will it do the same okay. thing in the light of the heart of flame? Uh, when you same bring reaction. the heart of flame over, uh, it doesn't seem to have any particular reaction. Uh, if you okay. had to guess right now, it looks inert, whereas previously when you picked it up, it was active. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, but sunlight does melt the darkness away. Uh, well, or it just melted the ice away, and then the darkness was gone. You're not sure. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And, and let's, and then. Uh, what cloak would do is then like run over to like the closet that we have and like put it in the darkness and see what happens. Okay. Uh, you bring it inside, shutter the windows, uh, you know, put away all of the sunlight and it just sort of sits there in the vial, not really doing much. The vial is still very cold, uh, to the touch. Mm. So I might, I might be sleeping and it might be active at nighttime. So we got to keep an eye on it. I don't know if I want to give it to the Collegium just for its properties. Um, and the, I, I don't know if you remember, but like the when we were down in the, the dungeons um, or the on the, the under Zobuk, uh I don't know. I, the, the shadows made me feel sick, and so I kind of want to like find a way to deal with it. And I mean that torch, uh, um, uh, the torch with the blue flame. What's it called again? The heart of flame. Oh yes, the heart of flame. Um, uh, that seems to like shoo it away, which is good. But um, yeah, we gotta we gotta find what we're gonna do with it. Yes. Well, well, uh, this thing. well so um, so so uh, I, I agree. Uh, but I mean, if you do not want to give that to the Collegium yet, perhaps we should leave it here, uh, as I'm sure they have many ways to detect magic or might be able to sense something like this from the Shadow Realm uh, entering into the Collegium proper. Oh. But uh, So maybe we leave that here, and then we go uh, take I will, the Heart I will of also Flame. throw out there that the Collegium is one of the few places on Midgard where there is uh, decent knowledge of shadow magic. So there oh. is possibly someone there who could tell you more about it if you wanted to bring it to their attention. And nothing says you have to give it to them. You know, you can oh, just go okay. and see if you could consult I, with someone about it. Maybe we I maybe we go and we ask first and then bring it back later. I don't know if they will take it from us. I mean, in general, I mean, how controlled is magic? Is it something like if you're carrying something magical that, so that I mean, that the Collegium would like take the things away from you? Or is it more of a true just center of knowledge of be careful with that type idea? The, the Collegium is a place of knowledge and study. Um, and so it can be very competitive amongst its faculty and students. Um, there can be some downright bitter rivalries. But uh, in general, it is a place of learning. Uh, it is just an exclusive place of learning. So if you're not a member of the Collegium, you might have difficulty moving around. So you guys had a foot in the door since you were agents of one of the masters. Uh, right. And that, that sort of got you in and, uh, you know, you have permission to use the library, that sort of thing. You could probably trade on that for at least a little bit. Um, okay. That goodwill will probably wear out if you're not actively um, working for someone at the Collegium, if you're not a member. Um, gotcha. However... 
there was a suggestion by uh, by the, the the dwarf you were working for that you should uh, seek membership. Perhaps you should consider that. Right. Yes. So yeah, I think all of the above. So um, now that I've got a better understanding of it, that it's not like some place that regulates you no, know, high no, magic no, 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 no. or anything like that. In that case, I think Laz would be uh, again hopeful. Glaz would be like, well, we should just bring it along. I'm sure that we can talk to uh, Master Diviner Rudlin, and uh, he might be able to point us to someone who could tell us a little bit more about it. Uh, if anyone knows about shadow magic, it'll be the Collegium. And if we're going to be here, wait, wait, um, wait, can anyone join the Collegium? Can I join the Collegium? I, I, I do not know. I, I mean, I'm sure that my Bimian uh, training is what might have gotten me in, but I mean... I've seen that you now, you have magic and you can see portals, which is not the same thing, but kind of like Shadow Roads, and that is magic, and I don't know, we could ask. So it is uh, It is mostly a place of arcane study, so while you probably couldn't swing, uh, you know, the, the, the direct spellcasting chops and knowledge to join, you do have some fairly unique skills and insights that uh, they would be interested in, and so you could probably mm -hmm. leverage that into something with them, if not a full membership. Maybe okay, like, a a like, like a consultancy, that sort of that sort of thing. An adjunct. Visiting <laughs> <laughs> um, Professor Cloak. <laughs> I'm going to teach you how to stab people today. Um... <laughs> Uh, so he would he would look at Glass uh, and be like, "Well, let's let's get off our checklist and then let's go let's go do some research and go to the Collegium." So yep. So first we need to go to the Everforge and drop off the flame so you can get your mask made, and, uh, and we will there, and then we will go to the uh, we will go to the Collegium, and, and we can then pop off the guard Paula this time. Ah uh, oh. yes. That would be a great yes. idea, and also the Heart of Flame, because that is what I think they yeah. truly wanted. Yes. And then maybe okay. maybe we can get armor made for Puff Puff. Certainly. Amana. Uh, so, yep, uh, Madam Everforge is in fact a skilled armorer, and that would certainly be something that she could, uh, she could arrange to do. So uh, if you guys want to head to the Gear District and uh, check out the Everforge Smithy, you will uh, actually probably on the way run into Riodan heading that way as well. Oh, hello, Riodan. How are you? I'm Aren't well. You? I'm well. I've just picked up my new armor. Do you like it? Aren't you handsome um, in all of that? It is. It is very. Uh, yes. It is very yeah. shiny. It's not as clunky anymore. No, not so clunky anymore. Uh, Paul has done a good job. I just. Picked it up from her. Where are you off to? We are going there. to Paula ourselves. Oh. Mind if I tag along? Sure. I'm okay. taking her the Heart of Flame. Oh, right. That whole thing. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Remind me what on earth that thing was and why we are interested. It is uh, Elemental fly Fire, and she was going to use it to see if she could maybe use it to form the scale of the dragon so that he could make a mask for Cloak so he would look very cool. Yes. All right, I'm in. I'm interested again. Let's go. Okay. All right. So uh, you're still just sort of drinking yourself into a little bit of a quiet stupor for a few days. Uh, is that the plan there, Kane? 
Yep. Pretty much. Right. Um, so we'll, yeah. uh, all right. Yeah. Anytime you feel like you want to jump back in, or uh, we, yeah, can, we no, can handle their business, like, and then. Yeah, I feel like you know he'll give them some time. He'll be separate. Okay. And is there any way I can try and figure out, or start to figure out what the fuck is going on with my ability to read languages? Okay. Uh, I, yeah, I, like, well, I'm well, trying to figure. I've been trying to figure out for a little while how I even go about trying to figure it out. Okay. Uh, so one thing, one thing that sort of uh, deals with everybody here except Glass. Uh, if you recall, after that strange encounter you guys had down in the cartways with the uh, the cult leader and the the dark servant, and all of that horrible shadow magic that was spewing out all over the place that that nearly killed Whisper, and um, it, it left you all feeling sort of detached and just sort of. Um, uh, like uh, almost like born down, like a little depressed almost. That feeling has has lifted sort of over time, uh, as you got out and and had your adventures amongst uh, amongst the Margrave and all of the investigation you did prior to that, uh, and now these couple days you've spent recovering after you've returned, you didn't even necessarily notice it anymore. But now that it's gone, it's very conspicuous in its absence and how much better you feel. So you're no longer suffering disadvantage on. Uh, wisdom checks made against other people uh, or charisma checks against them. Uh, so basically, all the, just that, you know, just those shitty kind of depressive down days you've been having have just lifted like fog burned away in the sunlight and you feel loads better. So, um, okay. that said, you're feeling a little bit more motivated than you might have been previously, uh, particularly in the light of all the adventuring distractions you had, to try and pin down some of these little mysterious loose threads that are, are whizzing about your life at the moment. So, let's see. Why don't you just give me a general uh, intelligence investigation check? Okay. And uh, l let me let me double check one thing real quick before we do that, because you now have city as a uh, as a, a terrain. terrain. Yeah, so that might come into play given your 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 role a little boosty. Uh, are you proficient in investigation? Uh, let me just check. No, I don't believe I am. No. Okay. Um, and your favorite enemies are what humans or yes. humanoids? All right, two different types of humanoids, right? Yeah, all right. Um, so just uh, investigation? Yeah, go ahead and make me an intelligence investigation check. Wow, not one. Fuck. I'm not screwed. One. All right. Um, so you've been spending some time thinking about it, but and you're not, uh, you're not particularly coming up with anything. Um, but I will point out that at several at several points since returning to Zobek, you have noticed that you heard languages that you just did not understand, right? However, mm. at the moment, it sounds like there are some uh, there are some rough and tumble sorts down the way. They're talking to each other in a uh, in a dialect that normally you don't speak, but right now you can understand what they're saying. But I guess I don't know what it is that I now but you like. I don't, don't know what language I'm. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's like a minute ago they were speaking a different language, and now now you're just sort of half listening into their their conversation, and, and it sort of hits you that while you understand the meaning of their words, the words themselves are gibberish. They're they're another language. So if you focus on it, you can really you can realize shit. It's happening right now. I'm I'm hearing you know this this language, and I'm 
and, and it's making sense when it shouldn't. But as far as why, you're still kind of at a loss. And I can't figure out what triggers it. It's just... Uh, Perhaps at be... some point you can, but not with that role. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, with that shit. Yeah. Okay. Right. In which case, uh, I will. Um, I'd but like to. You do determine. Uh, you do determine that it is happening, and it seems at least somewhat intermittent. It's not constant. Okay. I'd like to spend my action to uh, to curse your name, Dan. Um, Very well. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is in fact a prescribed action in the player's handbook. Yeah. It's in uh, there. Yeah. I'll move. <laughs> All right, so you can spend some time trying to figure that out, and maybe we'll revisit that in a moment. Okay, uh, so you guys heading to the Everforge Smithy. Uh, you make your way across. <laughs> That's after she got rid of me. <laughs> yeah, 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 just after she, you're going to darken her door again, and she's just going to be like, oh. Uh, on your way there, uh, you can hear the sounds of the gear grinders and tinkerers in, in the gear district, and particularly you can hear the prayers being called out to, to Voland. Uh, and accompanying their prayers is the rhythmic hammering of an anvil that is used as an altar in the temple. And you can hear these rich baritone dwarvish voices singing their praises to the god Voland and accompanying the hammer strikes on the anvil altar as you pass by the, uh, the great arch doors of the temple on your way to uh, the Everforge Smithy. Uh, and as you do, a shadow passes over you as uh, the sunlight is kind of breaking through the overcast uh, at this very moment, enough to draw your attention up to two great winged shapes uh, flying overhead. Perhaps 200 feet up, you can see these massive gray speckled forms. Uh, they're uh, a strange combination of eagle and lion with great beaked heads, broad feathered wings and the back quarters of a li of lions and there are these uh, exotic saddles strapped around them and you can see what look to be human knights with uh, lances with pennants snapping from the tips held at ready shields strapped to their arms and they are they're holding the reins in their shield hands flying on these griffins over the city wheeling toward the north has Glad's ever seen these before, or is this his uh, first time? You have uh, been in Zobek a little bit, so you have seen them before. Yes, you do know that uh, at the citadel at the heart of the city, which is the uh, the, the kind of uh, large castle edifice that overlooks all of the rest of the city around it. Minor point, uh, since we uh, I made a little mistake when I described Zobek the first time, Castle Shadowcrag is not in sight of the city. It's, it's several days yeah. ride to the north. So the fortress that you see kind of brooding over the city is the citadel in the, in the center of town, and then everything else spreads out from around it. Gotcha. Uh, uh, you know that there are griffin knights that, uh, that train and work and uh, actually hail from the Strauss family's control of Zobek from, uh, from long ago. They, they started the griffin knights. Glass, even though he's seen them before, is still just as fast. Look, 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 look. It's the knights. It's the Griffin knights. Do you see them? Do you see them? No, no, either. Do, do, do you want to go feed the Griffins? <laughs> oh, we perhaps go feed the Griffins later? You, you know it's my favorite thing. I hear they sell we have, brought, we have much to bags do. of uh, feed. At the <laughs> have you never gone to feed the Griffins for you, Dan? It might do you no, some good instead of just laying around the fuckhouse all day. I always thought those knights might have been overcompensating for something with those giant lances. I do not know right, what you so mean. They, uh, they make their way toward the <laughs> citadel or uh, finishing their patrol around the city. Uh, and you can continue on your way on the clean, 
well-maintained cobbled streets of the gear district and you find yourselves at the everforge smithy when uh for several of you at least the last time you were here the door was broken in the inside was in a shambles and you were following a trail of blood left by uh mistress everforge when she was kidnapped just because i think glass so, would do this and i know it's tropey and it, it's from a show but it's like hola 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 <laughs> <laughs> so a voice, uh, her, her uh, sort of rich, deep voice rings out from within. Enter. Hello, we've brought the, we brought you the Heart of Flame and uh, for you to make your the mask for uh, for Cloak. And look who we bumped it's into. Is Raven. He's wearing his new armor. Ah, the bitch is she, back, uh, baby. She, she smiles. Lord Riodan, how nice to see you again. And mm. Master Carnelian, Cloak. I think he has a crush on you. as well. She she just kind of chuckles dryly at that. <laughs> oh, any day of the week, darling. It's in this plate. Talk about this. <laughs> so, uh, where would you like me to put this? Is there something special that I should do with it? Are you going to Are you going to make it flare up like it was back at the at the uh, at the with the underground? So when she uh, when you. Uh, when you sort of wave the heart of flame around, her face kind of, her expression falls just a little bit, and she says, all right, all right careful, careful with it, please. All right. Um, so I still have the materials you left with me, Cloak, and I've been uh, experimenting with them somewhat uh, in, in mm-hmm. some of my off time. And surprisingly, I think I'm going to be able to work the scale, even though it's not metal. It seems to respond very similarly to metal. And so oh. I think if we can light my forge with the heart of flame, I will be able to work the scale into uh, to your specifications. So why Clark don't has we? Because a notebook out, and he's writing it down. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay. excellent. So why don't we? Uh, why don't we sit down and talk about what you would like? Okay. And um, so you can kind of describe, you know, what what you want the mask to look like. I think um, I want the the mask to kind of resemble uh, the dragon that we fought. Um, okay. but like very, very much a more simplistic, uh, simplistic version. Um, mm-hmm. and like, not because I don't, I don't know if it had like a lot of spikes or anything, but like more of like a smooth version, uh, where it like okay. comes like, uh, uh, across and like the eye holes are very like dark. And then like the, the tusks would like come down, uh, and acting like it, it looks like the dragon's like roaring, um, with this mask. Okay, uh, so its face was, um, it wasn't, it, you know, it was just a wormling, so it didn't have, like, huge jowl spikes like you've seen dragons mm-hmm. depicted with before. Uh, it has a few shortish horns more to the top of its head that kind of sweep back along the curve of its neck, so it doesn't have, mm-hmm. like, big prominent horns. Um, and she could probably do something decorative near the top of the mask, like a little bit of a, you know, almost sweep it back into, like, kind of a half-helmet sort of deal. Uh, yeah. that would re- uh, replicate those a bit and it had a little bit of a nose hook uh, and then that was it as far as horns go so it has a very slight ridge over the eyes um, mm-hmm. but nothing that'll be huge or, or terribly prominent so it'll be uh, relatively smooth uh, as you as you would prefer yeah so not and as much detail so she doesn't have to spend a lot of time doing it but yeah then the bear, the bear fangs and then you want the bear fangs kind of on either side of your own mouth or that sort of yeah. deal and is yeah. it is the mask going to cover your mouth completely, or is it like a half mask? Um, I'm gonna say a half mask. Okay. So and so, so people can hear him talk. 
Yeah, so it'll stop about at your top lip, and then that's where the, the fangs will come down sort of on either side, almost like a mouth guard. Yeah. Sort of deal. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's really uh, so close you, to what you're uh, wearing, dude. It is, it is pretty close to what you're wearing, yeah. Uh, so yeah. She, uh, she... Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so she talks you through your uh, dragon mask consult, and you guys mm-hmm. uh, hash out the details, and she comes up with some pretty decent sketches of, uh, of what you're thinking and makes adjustments as you go along. And so mm-hmm. uh, she says, well, if I'm correct and the Heart of Flame will make the scale even easier to work, then this shouldn't take me terribly long, but I am going to take my time to make sure I don't damage the scale since we only have the one. Uh, at least the only one of this size. I know you took a few more, but this is the only one I think that will work for your purposes. Um, Mm -hmm. So if you leave the materials with me, and uh, she, uh, she looks at the forge and looks at the heart, and it looks like she was about to say, leave the flame, but she's kind of hesitated from saying that. Like, she doesn't really want it here. Um, I do not know if it will help. Um, but perhaps it will. Um, I, I am. I am. I am a geomancer, and I am still actually attuned to, uh, sort of connected to that ley line that was back at where we were before, where we took the heart of flame from. Mm-hmm. Perhaps I could somehow channel some of its energy here for you, so that it is more controllable. Or did that make it less controllable? I'm new to this whole heart of flame thing. I must admit, but. I know before they were using sort of the ley line to help out. And she perhaps says, I could... uh, she, she says, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't ever taught how the holes of Everforge were constructed or how they channeled that energy, but I'm certain it did. Uh, I know they used very specific glyphs, sort of a, a blending of arcane magic and the Ignan uh, primordial tongue the language of fire, if you will, to help bind and focus the energy. Um, in fact, they channeled it to all manner of mundane tasks like the torches. Uh, it's possible that if you can tap into that energy and we could inscribe the correct glyphs, that would make it uh, much more controlled, focused, and uh, easier to work with. But I don't know those symbols. So, Glaz, uh, I believe, if I remember correctly, speaks Ignan. That was oh, one of the languages good. we did. Uh, well, I, I, I'm trying to bring it up. I, I might speak Terran, but or we said that it was like all of the the. I've got I, it here I, I, had to write it down, I had to write it down I, elsewhere. I wanted to say, yeah, I wanted to say you spoke Terran, but that that still gets you there. It's it's a dialect of the same language. Yeah. So yes, uh, yes, I speak Terran, and uh, he pulls off his leather thing and shows the glyphs that he uh, copied down from the stove, which were to help control. Mm-hmm. Uh, to help control things, he goes. Perhaps uh, I can, if we work together, and uh, Cloak is very smart at things like this. Perhaps if we can use uh, my knowledge of Terran, uh, it's, it's close to Ignan, and uh, we have these controlling glyphs that were used for a stove for cooking. So perhaps uh, we can turn your uh, we can turn your uh, your hearth here into actually very similar to what was set up there at the Everforge. All right, so since you did, in fact, copy down those uh, strange glyphs you found on the stove... Uh, Team and nerd. Having, 
Yeah, having <laughs> investigated them at the time, because as you recall, the stove had become unstable over the years and essentially turned into a bomb that you guys were planning to set off on some unsuspecting a-holes should they, should they wander upon you. Uh, you think that you can make the necessary alterations that will restabilize the, the, the sigils. And it's essentially the same sequence of glyphs to work on a stove as it would be on a forge. It's a very similar process. And you think having the heart of flame there physically rather than drawing on it from another place will anchor it even further. So you think that using those glyphs and your connection to that particular ley line, you can tie that together with the heart of flame that you're carrying to basically supercharge her forge. So... Shall we give this a try? Um, do I? Would you like me to roll, or do I? Is this a? Uh, um, is this a, a gimme? <laughs> why don't or you I'll go ahead and make a uh, intelligence arcana check with advantage, since you've got you know her helping, you've got cloak uh, advising. You know he had <laughs> team nerd, as he said, and uh, you know Riodan just sort of leaning against the wall, looking awesome in his shiny new armor, I'm, I'm uh, observing I'm like, his minions. Yeah, <laughs> I'm rifling through her things. What are we doing? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are doing a good job. <laughs> Excellent work, everyone. Honestly, it's only an eleven. Only an eleven. That's uh, that is all right, though. That is that is sufficient to uh, transfer the altered glyphs onto uh, a sheet of parchment for her, which she will then begin uh, basically stamping into the side of her forge. Uh, so after. Oh, we'll say an hour and a half of work between consulting about it, figuring it out, getting it on paper, and then transferring the actual runes onto there. She uh, she sort of uh, straightens up, wipes her forehead, uh, with, and sets the hammer and chisel aside, and gestures toward the forge and said, Well, I suppose all that's left is to try and light this thing. If you could place the Heart of Flame in the center of it, and uh, I suppose draw on your connection to the ley line. So what would this be? Just a general... Uh, this isn't going to require any sort of check at this point. Okay. You guys didn't... So, you did not flub the sigil transfer, so this is something that you can just go ahead and do. Okay. So Glaz gets there and sort of takes the heart of fire, and he sits there and looks at it for a little bit, and, you know, as it sort of does its flame-like wavering there, you know, there's a little bit of... a You know, burn, you know uh, flame does make some sound, and he tried mm -hmm. to... Just sort of listen to it and almost listen to it as though it were the ley line, and then add the sort of counterpoint that he hears in his head of the piccolo still going off, uh, just mm -hmm. with little, you know, by whistling. And I'm a horrible whistler, so I won't do it. And also through mics, that could be bad uh, into sure. people's heads. So, uh, but basically, sort of whistling this little counterpoint to the crackling and sort of wavering of the flame, he adds these little notes of the piccolo to try to build and bring that ley line into the uh, into the heart of flame. And uh, as it builds, sort of then, as he saw her do, sort of just sort of transfer it over uh, and ignite the glyphs uh, around her forge to create, I guess, an Everforge. Okay, or, so or uh, you... You, uh, as you draw on the connection to the ley line, you hear the music in your head, and you begin to sort of whistle and sing that song of the line into the flame that you're holding in that little iron sconce, basically. Uh, you can see that the flame does, in fact, begin to dance in tune with the song that runs through your soul. 
uh, tied to that line. And uh, Cloak and Riodan, you guys are watching this happen from afar. It looks just sort of like nothing's going on for a little bit, but then you can see the flame does begin to dance and writhe in time to Glaz's whistling, like he's snake charming it. Uh, yeah. With my portal lore, uh, mm. can I say for a flavor-wise, I can see like, like Glaz like doing something and like notes like floating off and like into the fire and like dancing within the flame, like little fire notes. What you see actually as he begins to whistle is there's this faint reddish light that begins to outline his form. And as mm -hmm. he breathes and whistles and occasionally speaks, sparks as of from a, from, a, from a fire or a forge begin to sort of blow out of his mouth and dance down into the flame. And as the, as the little sparks hit the blue flame, that's what begins to set it dancing and moving in time to his music. None of you guys see this, but but uh, cloak uh, sort of uh, in tune with planar and planar and otherworldly energies can sort of see the connection uh, happening. And uh, as I'm he does so, that's about this later. Yeah, <laughs> as you uh, you bring the flame over toward the forge and you bring it down into the into the the charcoal that's there waiting to be to be lit. Paula begins to uh, intone kind of in a soft voice in dwarvish. This uh, very rhythmic sort of—it um, sounds almost like a mantra, maybe a prayer, maybe uh, maybe uh, like a motto. She's saying over and over again, and as she does, and you bring that that into the forge, the flame bursts out of the sconce and just runs like liquid, uh, like like liquid flame amongst the coals and begins to seep into them and ignite them instantly. You kind of jump back a moment and you watch as you see the, the runes that you designed and that Paula inscribed on the forge begin to writhe and dance with this flaming blue light that fills in the edges. And, uh, and the, the forge bursts into this sapphire glow and this wave of heat just rips across you and um, cloak when it does you can almost see the heat in the air and it's charged with these blue rolling sparks and for a second oh. you hear that song that you heard back in the in the great forge in the lost halls when you were desperately uh, closing the portal before whatever was singing the song showed up you hear these faint baritone voices singing this warlike chant or hymn just for an echo and then it's gone and you can just feel this power emanating from the forge i don't i don't sense a portal though no no okay but it is definitely drawing on similar energy so so glass just sort of steps back and for once probably quietly to everyone else and he's just like oh would you look at that Oh yeah, I right. did look at that. He just so, takes a uh, big, huge, like childlike grin on his face. Okay, so at that moment, uh, Paula just sort of staring into the fire. She blinks her eyes and turns to look at the three of you, and she says, "Well, this is going to be my day, I suppose. Uh, I'll begin working on the mask. I would like you to return and take the flame with you tonight. I don't want to leave it here." Oh, well, okay. no, we can take it now, and then we'll, we'll give yeah, it to the clue. No, she needs uh, it to work. I think, if, I think if you do that, the, the forge will uh, will be snuffed. And I'll have to light oh, it again normally. Oh, okay. I think this will only work while the Heart of Flame is in it. 
Mm. Okay. Um. This is fine. So she, uh, puff puff she, here, right? she pulls on. Uh, yeah, she I'm pulls on her puff. her sort of leather gauntlets and uh, ties on her thick leather apron and um, picks up her tongs and clamps them around the scale. And she says, "I'm sorry, you're you're leaving the the hound here." That's a protector. And uh, when you say that, Puff Puff goes, and kind of pads forward and wags her tail at Paula. And she she nods. I'm trying to remember if she saw Puff Puff in action. I don't know that she did. He was not in the dragon chamber? No, he held Puff Puff back from the dragon. Mm -hmm. So so she doesn't really know what's going on with Puff Puff. But she sort of looks at you and and sees the... uh, She didn't go to the owl fight. She stayed back from the LC. You're right. Yep. Uh, she uh, she at least, while she has some skepticism, she takes it at face value currently, probably because she has a hell of a lot of trust and owes you a tremendous debt. Uh, and she just nods once and says, well, um, let's just try and keep her back from the forge and she's welcome to stay. Oh, she's pretty smart. So, you know, you could just give her any command and she'll, she'll do it. You just got to talk to her like she's a person, right, Puff Puff? And she uh, she kind of noses her uh, her muzzle under your hand when you say that. Yeah, it's not um, So uh, so um, she Paula says, "All right, uh, Puff Puff, why don't you make yourself comfortable over there in the far corner? You can see everything that's going on, and you'll be far enough away from the flames." And so she obediently uh, the the dog sort of circles around you once, kind of leaning her weight against you, Loke, and then mm-hmm. trots off to the corner and settles herself in and lays down resting her chin on her paws, just kind of looking at all of you. Um, and then uh, Cloak it'd be, uh, would look at Polly and say, yeah, when I, when I come back, um, can we talk about um, some other orders I kind of want to make? Certainly. I'm always, okay. uh, I'm always going to be willing to entertain commissions from you folks. Yes. I would. I, I would like to. I appreciate that very much. But well, uh, we're gonna head to the clue gym now, and then we'll be back. Uh, how long do you think? I'll be. A, I'll be. This is most of my day. So if you return um, uh, this evening, perhaps a few hours before dusk. Okay, I'll be back then. We can do that. Yes. All right. So she uh, takes the scale and buries it down in the burning coals. So and then. I wish you a fruitful search, then. Thank you. Uh, then do you want to come to the library with us? We are going to read lots of books and talk about spells, and we are going to try to do some decoding. That all sounds very interesting. Um, right, 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 right. There's girls at the library. There are so, girls at the library. Well, there. I assume that there would be along. I mean, but they're they're your kind of ladies. Books. Keep going with that. What do you mean? Damn fear? We didn't see any damn fear there. No. No? I did not see any damn fear there. But they they seemed very intelligent and very scholarly. They were were reading books. Um, I always find it very, very attractive when I see a lady reading a book. Oh, I'm sure you do. Um, Well, you know... Maybe I'll try and find Kane, see what he's up to. I something tells me it might be just as interesting. And you know, splitting the party two and two, you know, that seems fair. He might be lonely. 
and you seem to have this all under control. You know, you you, you speak to those library girls. Like your Where's Carly? Oh, I hadn't thought uh, about her for a while. Uh, somewhere, I'm sure. You remember that she <laughs> went in search she of went to the, uh, the current embassy. location yeah. of the Shadowfey Embassy, which is notoriously oh, yes. difficult to find if you are not uh, invited. And sometimes even if you are, you're weird like that. I'll go find Kane. You all have fun in your library. It sounds just really unique. Wonderful. Doesn't it sound wonderful? It'll be such a wonderful time. It will be a wonderful like- time. I want to... And then, like, as, like... They probably cloak just totally forgets that Riordan's there because he's like not interested in the library, and then like points out like in his notes, and I was like, "This is what I saw just now," and then it's just like walking off with glass, 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 and cloak. Uh, walk off back towards the library, talking and looking at notes, and I slip out back and just sigh and shake my head at Paula. Honestly, I don't gotta, really hang out just... with nerds like this all the time. <laughs> Only when it matters. Know how it is. I'm gonna find my exciting friends. Well, good day then. Who am I kidding? We <laughs> <laughs> go off to find. All right. Uh, so, so the two of you, the nerds, head off toward the head off toward school, and <laughs> and you're gonna go find Kane. Uh, let's see. Why don't you give me your choice of a charisma persuasion or charisma investigation check? try and track down where he's holed up. Okay. Uh, let's take a look. Investigation. There it is. Try that. That's uh, 18. Nice. Just let me die All in right. peace. <laughs> <laughs> no one to hang out with. <laughs> Alright. Um, so... You are able to track down that he was apparently talking to the Cobalt Coachman, uh, known as Black Eye, and that he headed off toward that uh, that horrible dive bar. <laughs> oh, in, uh, in Lower really? Zobek. That's what all my friends are doing. <laughs> fine, fine. I, I like. It's the equivalent of me like putting on. Like uh, gloves, you know, like yeah, yeah, like CSI style gloves for going into yeah. this place. Nice. Wow. Uh, as I see, Kane. Wow, this this is really. Kane, it's so good to see you. No one's doing anything fun. Figured I'd right, find Kane. you. And... So as uh, <laughs> as you're as you're basically uh... I'm so bored. <laughs> So <laughs> the door opens, and you're not really paying attention to it because you're in the middle of an arm wrestling battle. And just as you uh, you kind of catch your opponent's eye and you let just all of your malice and all of the thirst that's been building up inside of you, because it's been a little while since you indulged, just sort of show in your gaze. And, and you can see there's that, uh, that prey animal fear break over him. You can't control it. It's just primal. Uh, in that moment, you just slam his hand down into the ground and hear something pop in his wrist. And he just kind of howls and rolls away, nursing his arm. And there's a, a yeah, raucous round of cheers. I of excitement as I see yeah. this. Ooh! <laughs> Exciting! 
some coins change hands, and uh, and as you scrape some winnings over to your side, along with the fresh foamy tankard that's been brought over of just the worst piss water beer that Zobek has to offer, yes. and you swill that back, you could kind of like see over the top of your tankard, and you choke a little bit as you see. It's Rio like Dad, it's like, like Ooh, goody. It, go- it goes from like bad bad beer to curdled milk in a second. It's like I see Rian across this and I'm like son of a bitch. But no, I like, yeah, he finishes the flag and slams it down and uh, glowers at Riordan. But then looks mildly bemused. It's like you're just standing like trying not to touch anybody or any (laughs) surface. (laughs) Yeah, uh, every single surface in here, Riordan, is probably sticky. Sticky, yeah. It's oh, like as you come through, nice. you can feel your like the soles of your very expensive shoes like peeling yeah. off. Oh, yeah. yes. Wow, look at this place. Mm. <laughs> wow, that's this is fun. Hmm. So, Why are you what, here? well, everyone else is doing um their thing. At the library, uh, it's just awful. Honestly, uh, came this. It's, they they thought that there were girls at library, like that was that was where they go to meet girls. They go to the library. I mean, it it, 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 it quite astounded me. There's a perfectly good fuck house just down the road, and. They go, uh, it really did astound me. Carrie's gone off to meet her similarly edgy brethren, and so I'm I'm bored, honestly. I'm bored. I was hoping that you'd be up to something like breaking people's arms and stuff, and I assume <laughs> that you are, so here I am. And this, I mean, this place is filthy. I mean, it's absolutely awful. But, you know... Kane, Kane is equally filthy. Kane. Like, Kane... Kane has like sweat and grime across him. He looks like he hasn't been out in a few days. He just looks. He fits in. He blends in perfectly here. He's got like a hood up. Uh, he's uh, he's got round round these parts. They call me Strider. <laughs> I'm smoking my pipe edgily in the corner. Um, but no, like he's, yeah, Kane. Yeah, he's very much in his element, except for now. Mm. Now he's a little. Now he's a little frazzled. But <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he. Uh, he sympathizes because he's also a man who's not used to being like libraries really aren't Kane's thing either. So finally, like after <laughs> sort of just mockingly grinning at Rid and he relents, leans forward and uh, he says, I've done some digging. And he'll okay. reach up and whisper, we'll have Probably a little. It's not- Physical digging, that's not something I enjoy. <laughs> I wasn't with the dwarves that long. And uh, he'll reach up and he'll take sort of what was going to be sent by Whisper, um, probably to the fuck house to find Red, and a little note that he's written, and he will put it down uh, in front of you. It's like rolled up, it's not particularly long, and it just says, Got a lead on the Black Shield's leader. Oh, those guys. All right. Yeah, I'm in. Sure. Has it been a few days? You know, I've been here a few days. Is it around about time for this dickhead to do his grocery Uh, shopping? 
You've been here about two days, uh, and you expect that tomorrow night uh, will be the time that this dude is showing up at the black market for whatever he's looking for. <clears throat> hmm. Are okay. we going to find him? Kane nods, and uh, after, yeah, he sort of nods, but like he, he, there's probably like a date and time there, not like a location, but a date and time. So it, yeah, we've got a, we've got a day to kill. Um, oh, what do we, we, we should do what, something, you know, like what, what, what did Riordan like and Kane do? Yeah, that's my point. What did? Yeah, I think they're like. <laughs> I think what uh, Riordan finds really fun <laughs> is like starting a fight and having Kane yeah. finish the yeah, game. Yeah, right. No, no, it's like seducing people with like vampiric powers, whoever they may be, like bugs, whatever. Finds it really mm -hmm. funny that they find themselves attracted to him, and then like get into fights with them and let Kane beat them up for him. So it's kind of like a thing <laughs> where like he goes, like it's it's kind of really fucked up. Like he goes and hits on people, and they seduce him, and then he's like, "Kane, they're touching me," and his boyfriend comes <laughs> along and beats them up. <laughs> I love this idea so much. I want right. this to happen immediately. Dad, right, make so it you guys are trolling the smuggler bar. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. so that's uh Okay, yeah, so like I guess yeah, Kane Kane will Kane will do like his very best, like he he's also gonna he's gonna sit in his corner and he's gonna wait and like I imagine Reardon does the the classic like, oh yeah, like oh thank you so much. Like, oh you bought me drinks? Maybe you should join me and my other half at the t and they just point to where Kane has been sat beating the shit out of people for the past, like, two days. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, that's him over there. And then one thing leads to another and just, yeah. Okay. Yeah, watch the, watch the faces just fall. <laughs> All right, so you guys are spending the day uh, getting people's hopes up and then and then beating the absolute piss out of them is, is how I understand yep. it. All right. Uh, so that will be uh, that will be interesting. Let's uh, let's jump back over to the Collegium and get this uh, this research handled. So you guys head to the Collegium district, Cloak and Glazishan, and you head up to the doors of the Collegium itself, which, as you'll recall, are these great brass and silver and iron constructions. And after you make your presence known by pulling on a bell pull, uh, a little sort of window opens. <laughs> And uh, there's a, a person inside. You can see basically just eyes and bridge of nose. And yes, your business at the Arcane Collegium. Um, we have <coughs> multiple th things we are planning on doing. Uh, we wanted to see Master Diviner Rodwin Whitestone. Uh, we have a library pass. Uh, I was wondering so if as, you could pass, as, uh, visit a spell. As glasses, as glasses just chattering on, the eyes sort of squint and lean forward as uh, as Cloak is sort of like hopping up to show him the writ. <laughs> <laughs> that he's got, <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, very well. One moment, and uh, the little the little door sh uh, shuts, and then there's a sudden just clattering cacophony from inside the door and the frames around it, and you can hear gears clattering together. You can hear uh, spring tensions, and the doors begin to swing outward, and you can see. Uh, the teeth of gears in the uh, actual sides of the door once it opens and swings towards you. You can see all sorts of clockwork mechanisms spinning and clattering inside there. 
Blast and there's a, sort of an sort of an older human in a in a very simple brown robe, uh, and he sort of steps aside and says, "Yes, uh, this way." Uh, I, he gestures to cloak. I presume you know the way, then. Yes, I do. Um, what's your name? Davith. Hi, Davith. It's nice Hello. to meet you. I, do you guard the door? Uh, I am at this moment vetting all those who would request entry to the Arcane Collegium, among oh, other duties a, and studies as well. That's a that's a super important job. Thank you, sir. And then uh, and then he would walk yeah. off. He, he sort of he sort of like puffs up a little bit and goes hmm, and turns back to the door to shut it again. Glass <laughs> is uh, straightening up his shirt and sort of looks at uh, Cloak and goes, "It is always such ceremony to come in here. It's all it's, it, it really makes you feel special, doesn't it?" I know it does. Well, I, uh, like, I'm not a merch, but if I went to school here, I think it'd be like super magical. And then um, there would be like this one girl who would be like, "Hey, this is how you say the spell, like Mediosa," and it's like, "No, it's Mediosa." And then you're like, "Okay, whatever." You have very right, detailed, so very detailed impressions of things. What's your guys' first order you know, of business? Uh, no, should we go uh, to the master of the Bible first, or do you want to go yeah. to the library? Uh, no, Master of Divina first. Library comes, because the library is going to take up a lot of time. Uh, yeah, so, okay. yeah, let's, uh, let's go there, and then we can go to the library. And then, um, you know, in Neheim, there's a lot of uh, uh, mages there, right? I did not know that. Yeah. I thought they were all, like, all hunters and, and then stabby-stabby in Neheim. No. No. They're actually pretty intelligent there, and they have their... I think they have their own school. I can't remember. If they did, I flanked off because I'm not as smart as them. <laughs> All right, so you guys take the path that you have uh, you have traveled before. You remember how to return to uh, Diviner Rodwin Whitstone's office, and uh, you find yourselves facing his dark varnished door with the oak uh, with the uh, the oak uh, oak oak door with iron banding. Yeah, is the same human woman uh, his assistant there? Uh, so that was just someone you sort of bumped into in the hallway who could tell okay. that you were kind of lost. Um, that wasn't his assistant particularly. That was just a basically oh, a helpful okay. student. Um, but uh, yeah, so you find your way there. There's nobody there. So you can knock on the door and uh, you get oh, yeah, to do your triple knock Divina again. Rudwin. Divina Rudwin. Divina Rudwin. <laughs> Why three times? Why? Why? <laughs> Three is a very magical number. Handle. Actually, you always have to knock three times when you're in Bimia. It is a very, it is considered very proper because if you don't, you can interrupt spells if you do two or if you do four. So three and only three. He seems deadly serious, Cloak. Uh, as you're processing this, the door handle clicks and the door opens. Uh, there's no one there, but you can see that the sort of squat, broad form of uh, Diviner Whitstone is across the room at one of the bookshelves, and he is uh, arranging something, and he has his hand sort of uh, back towards you, and he uh, he crooks his finger and says, Come in. Oh, hello. Hello. We have had such an adventure since last we saw you. You would not believe all the things that we have seen and done and killed. I said, <laughs> man, I'm meant to play in a fire. So he uh, he finishes setting the uh, setting the books uh, up on the shelf and turns around to you. And if you recall, he has sort of uh, long, straight hair. Um, 
it looks like it was black at one point, but now has kind of gone iron gray. And his robe is sort of a, a rich blue with this very delicate silver embroidery that's very subtle. And only you only really notice it when it catches the light. Uh, I actually he, uh, pay more attention now to his the strange burn and scar that he has around his eye and across his eyebrow. Have we seen as we have just bumped into elemental fire stuff? Yes, indeed. Uh, it, it does seem like uh, a, a particularly intense blaze might have caused that strange scarring on his face. Um, now, what exactly? Mine? Hard to tell. Uh, oh, from from getting breathed on by the dragon. I was gonna say, yeah. Glass points to his ear that's half burnt away. <laughs> uh, you see, you see it's like cloak now. <laughs> um, it's a, it's still, it's a, it looks like skin irritation now. It's like, oh yeah. Uh, his looks like. I mean, it's a it's a very nasty sort of puckered scar, and I would say it looks like um, not only that was there intense heat. Now that you've had experience with dragon breath and uh, and so, uh, elemental fire. But it also looks like there was some other element to it that seemed to have um, maybe corrupted the flesh in some way, and that has healed but not healed back quite right, even with divine mm. assistance. Mm. So um, maybe dragon, uh, dragon fire, maybe something, uh, maybe something more sinister. He, he smiles and he says, "So, what is it I can do for you?" We uh, we have a couple things. Uh, first, uh, we went, we fought the flame dragon, and uh, I, it, it 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 burnt off the top of my ear. But I'm hoping it will grow back eventually. But flame is weird for my me and Trollkin to try to grow back. But we will see. But Our more class, importantly, class, class, but more importantly, we we received some elemental fire. Uh, at the heart of uh, flame, it is in fact. Uh, Known by Paula Everforge and the Halls of Everforge, she told us what it was. Uh, we had to recover it because someone was opening a portal that uh, Cloak was able to see into the plane of fire, and we think we saw the city of brass. Uh, he, uh, his, face, his face, his face go, uh, grows concerned, uh, and he says, "All right, I, th I think perhaps you'd better start at the beginning and tell me the entire story." Uh, so he breaks out a, uh, a book, flips to a blank page, and begins taking notes of everything that you can relate to. So I assume you you spend your time relating the entire story. Is there anything you I want to leave out, or <laughs> or Clint, is there anything you want to? Uh -huh. Um, with anything that I want to leave out, no. Uh, I'm pretty much going to be okay. straightforward with them because there's nothing I think I need to be shady about. Um, yeah. um, there's nothing yeah, pertaining to the. Yeah, there's nothing pertaining. If it pertained to the gnomes of Neheim, yeah, he would. But this is not, so he doesn't care. Okay. And Glass cool. doesn't Does, shut up because he's telling yeah, stories. Yeah, I'm sure Glass mm -hmm. is going to give him absolutely every detail. I just wanted to make sure that if, if there was something you wanted to jump in and shut down, you could do that. But if you're good with it, then you guys will be there for quite a while as he takes copious notes and Glass gives him everything. So after you've related the entire story and, and shared whatever notes you took with him, which he will copy down with your permission, um, he will say, I will... I've never heard of this Heart of Flame specifically, but it sounds like you have a condensed mode of elemental fire. And if you will, it is a piece of the plane of fire itself brought to Midgard. That is not something to be carried about lightly. 
as you've explained to me, it was used in conjunction with this ley line. And uh, he gestures to your map and sort of asks if you'll bring that out and take a look at the, the information you copied down about the yeah, ley line in the, in the forest. Uh, takes off his moose skin and lays it down sort of across if there's like a coffee table or whatever or something sort of there between is, us if we're in little fact, yeah. chairs or whatever. Yeah, and, he has uh, a sitting out area that, yeah, in the front room with a, a, a low, broad coffee table that you can spread your, your hideout on. Yeah, I spread it out and I show him the ley line. I show him, I also show him the glyphs and I'll even explain to him because um, we're being straightforward about, you know, that sure. the, that this mode of fire right now is currently, we've, we found a way to contain it and, you know, match it with my, uh, with my geomancy and with these ignin, uh, ignin runes that we found on the stove and are actually harnessing it we believe successfully listening for an explosion in the distance. Um, Probably <laughs> safely. All his place. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so he will take all of that in and um, he'll sort of trace the ley lines that you have marked out. And you'll notice something that has struck you as a little bit strange is given some of the knowledge you had during your studies at Bemia, there are greater ley lines that are well known. Uh, across Midgard. One of them is referred to as the Shadow Road. And as uh, as Cloak, you've heard of this as well. You've even trod upon the Shadow Road before uh, Glaz coming back with Kari. If you recall, you and uh, the Dampir have occasionally served as caravan guards for traders who do business with the Shadow Fae. And so you have traveled with them along the Shadow Road to the city of Coromel in, in the Shadow Realm. Uh, mm -hmm. That is not only a shadow road, it is also a prominent, powerful ley line. And by all of your understanding, Glaz, it should end, essentially, anchored in Zobek. But you definitely haven't felt the presence of a ley line in and about Zobek. If you recall, you didn't feel a presence of one until you guys were deep in the forest. Yeah, no, I haven't felt one at all. Right, mm -hmm. uh, and so and so he he is pointing out the the area where you have pinpointed where the the line was, and that sets you to thinking as he's sort of talking about the magical energies that could have been harnessed by this uh, all this flame business, and uh, you realize that the line that you were sensing was not really an independent line. It was uh, if you think of it like a tributary of a river, it was an offshoot of the Shadow Road line and that it had its own magical resonance that was separate from whatever the Shadow Road's main deal is, right? But it seems like whatever was going on there with this Heart of Flame and this open portal and all of that craziness with the Flame Dragon and whatever that Spencius fellow was up to, uh, that might account for the lack of presence at this end of, of the Shadow Road ley line. You're muted, it seems. Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay. okay. No, Glass will just be because Glass is very aware from Bimia's just history. I'm sure, like you know, history 101, Bimia and history 101 yeah. about how the Bimians during the uh, the Mage Wars, the Mageocracy, moved mm -hmm. the ley lines and then locked them down yeah. in Bimia. So. Suddenly remembering from you know, again, Zobek was far away, uh, so he didn't maybe pay as much attention. Uh, he's putting two and two together and going, "Oh, well, by opening 
this this tributary line, this smaller uh, smaller ley line, and opening up, and it was surging. It was surging incredibly powerfully. While I was in there, I could feel it. It was it was interfering with everything. Uh, it was turned it turned the stove into a bomb, and uh, and and you saw a portal. Has it possibly has it has it has it moved the shadow road? Is it? And he starts closes his eyes and like really tries to see if he can feel anything of what would be a tight. It's like a because shadow road's like a Titanic ley line, right? Uh, in general, yes. But remember that their strengths kind of wax and wane, right? So right. it can it, depending on so many different factors, it can change. And yep. the more <clears throat> geomancers, the more regularly a ley line is tapped, the more prone it is to shift. So if you gotcha. have a whole bunch of people drawing on a ley line all the time, they're very likely essentially going to drive it away. Uh, gotcha. But so this will be the first time since you guys have returned from the Margrave that you have actively opened your senses to a ley line because previously you had felt that there was nothing nearby. Now, right. as soon as you do, you, your breath catches as you can hear this faint but definitely present plaintive, almost violin notes stretching through the air towards you and as you hear it it just sort of fills you with this uh just this this melancholy feeling so if if i'm understanding what you're explaining correctly it kind of sounds like someone dammed up a ley line and it was building up that's the only thing i can really relate it to in my head if that makes sense uh Rudwin Whitstone nods and says, I believe that's exactly what he's getting at. That someone had essentially damned the ley line and was siphoning its power Um, into this place you discovered. And now, since you have closed that rift, the power should divert as as natural. Yes, I... So whoever did it was part beaver. (laughs) I don't think that is exactly how that works. But... But... Perhaps a geomancer. I don't know. Perhaps. I don't know if you have to be, because people can tap into ley lines if they are not geomancers. It's just whether or not they have an easier or harder time of it. Is my understanding. I did not get to finish my training uh, in Dimia because I ended up in the shadow realm and then here. No, it would require specialized training to tap into a ley line. Not just anyone can do it. Oh. Huh. Anyone could, even more special. Anyone could potentially learn to do it. I can... So, I mean, like, that's a, and uh, Cloak would, at this point, kind of be like, so, what's... What am I seeing, then? When, like, like and I'll, I'll explain what I saw with the... When Glass was, like, with the fire and the sparks were coming out of his mouth and the blue whirling sparks okay. coming out and, so and all that kind of stuff. You're going to run through all of the stuff that you've been discovering with him then, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Kind of tell, okay, so he'll listen to that intently, and he kind of leans back, and he snaps his fingers, and a trio of goblets rise from the sideboard, and then a pitcher comes over and pours red wine in each of them, and one floats uh, to each of you. And he takes his, and he downs it in one go. I don't drink. Well, Glass does. Water. Glass, you want mine? Uh, I can mine mine the glass and then get, like, water and, like, drink it and, like... (laughs) But thank you, though. I appreciate the thought. 
He, uh, he inclines his head. He looks at both of you and kind of narrows his eyes. There is a great deal of esoteric magic in my company right now. You're a geomancer, a known but hardly common uh, focus. You, whatever you're doing, I've only heard of it. Okay, what have you heard? I've heard that there are those who walk the world who tune themselves to it so well and so deeply that they can begin to stretch into other worlds as well and draw upon them. They're called Horizon Walkers. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's a cool name. Horizon I don't know Walker much more than that. In fact, the details you've brought me are the most I've ever heard. Oh. Um. Ooh, 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 show him the pearl. Show him the pearl. Oh, yeah. Hold on. And then he, like, pulls it out, and he's like, on to the next subject. <laughs> Um, <laughs> he, uh, so he, he kind of rubs his thick fingers over his wrinkled forehead. quite an adventure. Wait, wait, see. Wait, wait, it is. Wait, so that means, can I be part of the Collegium then? Well, and can Glaz be part of the Collegium too? Glaz, as I've said before, should absolutely pursue membership in the Collegium, and I will provide a recommendation. Yes, I, I, I think uh, I want to do that. And he, uh, he, he looks at you and he says, you are not an arcanist, so I think you will find little direct value from membership in the Collegium, but... But the library... I, sus I suspect that you will learn valuable things that we would be willing to trade. Okay. Like so while you, may not be, while you may not be a member in full standing of the Collegium, you would definitely be a, a valuable associate. I could accept that. Do, do I get like a little pass or something that like you guys like make out of like gold or something and I share it to people and I'm like, police, excuse me. You will not be any sort of law enforcement, but why don't we move oh. on to this pearl that your friend mentioned? Oh, yeah, yes. okay. And then he pulls it out. Is it frosted over again? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's cold. It's very cold and it's frosted. Definitely. Okay. Um, so in here is a little black pearl that pours out shadows. Uh, I'm not going to open it because it's corrupt as hell. Um, so we got this, um, we met some, um, the Alcide, uh, in, in the forest and, uh, they, they pretty much told us. Yeah, you were, you were traipsing about in the Margrave. Yeah, you know, well, we had to, we had to go save Paula, and so, yeah, we didn't really pay attention to where we were going through, um, which, you know. So he holds out, he holds out his hand for the vial, may I? Yeah. I, with the so cloth? He, uh, sure. He, he takes it with the cloth, he kind of brushes the, uh, the frost off of it, and he, uh, pops the, the cork open very carefully. Oh. And no darkness or anything comes pouring out of it. Oh, that's he good. He sets it. He sets it, uh, sets the cork aside, and carefully drops the pearl into his palm. And he uh, he looks at both of you and says, "Do you mind if I perform a divination to try and learn the nature of this bauble?" Oh sure. I, I mean, I'm going to take notes if that's fine. 
he, he just smiles without answering. He holds up one hand and he begins making his uh, his arcane gestures. And he has a ring on one of his fingers. He has a ring on several of his fingers. One of them has a very large, very prominent uh, iridescent pearl. And as he makes his gestures with his left hand, that pearl on his ring begins to glow. And then the shadow pearl begins to glow in response to it. And then after a second or so, uh, the glow fades and he closes his eyes and then they pop back open. He says, this is called a shadow pearl. It contains the essence of magic from the shadow realm. If one were, and he kind of drops it back into the vial with a clink, closes it again and pushes it across the table back towards you, Cloak. If one were so inclined, you might attune to this pearl and draw on its magic. This might be for like Kari. I hate shadow magic, honestly. I think Kari, uh, yes, absolutely. Could could have much use from this. Instill an area around it with the power of shadow. It will drive away the light, at least to an extent, and it will cloud the minds and the wills of those within it. And you can um, bid them to move against their will. And second thought, I don't think we should give this to Kari. <laughs> oh, she's just teasing when she tells you she wants to kill you. Uh, so in game terms, guys, uh, <laughs> this is a Shadow Pearl. Uh, it's a Shadow Pearl. <laughs> it, a, I'm sorry, it doesn't require attunement. Um, it's a very rare, wondrous item, and you can um, command it while holding it. Uh, you can cast the Compulsion spell which uh, creates a 30-foot aura around it, and it causes people to move how you direct if they fail a saving throw. Uh, so it's like it also creates... It's, it's the compulsion spell from the player's handbook. It's the spell okay. compulsion. Uh, and it, uh, it uh, fills the area with dim light as well when it does that. And it, you, can, you know that once you use it, uh, you can't use it again until the following dusk. Okay. He kind of leans back in his chair and said, you have indeed had interesting adventures. It is very yeah. inter interesting to note. I was listening closely um, before we started talking about the pearl. I can hear uh, what I believe is just Shadow Road. Um, it is like a violin and it, it makes me sad. Um, kind of like all of you looked after you were sick with Shadow after we heard that horrible language back uh, when we were getting the journal. Oh, that reminds me. Uh, he nods his head and says, uh, I know a little bit about the Shadow Road. Uh, it is said to carry the mournfulness of the Shadow Realm with it as it flows. Yes, it is you like a violin. You should be aware of that if you intend to try and tap its power. Oh, Oh, like I might get the shadow sickness? Uh, I suppose it's possible, but I, I don't think you would risk actual shadow corruption unless you're using shadow magic. But the resonance of the Shadow Road's ley line will carry some of that feeling with it, and that can transfer to those who tap it for power. Ah, I understand. So in game terms, it's basically just a resonance and flavor. It's not right. going to risk shadow corruption. Gotcha. Whereas the piccolo kind of it sounds like flames dancing. This is just yep. sort of sounds like mm -hmm. mournful. And it has a tendency darkness. to, yeah, when people when people draw on the Shadow Road to augment their spellcasting, it kind of makes them, it kind of depresses them a little bit, gives them that sadness, that mournfulness. 
Gotcha. All right. So he says, as I understand it, you have uh, still have desire to use our library. I think I should not take any more of your time, and you should avail yourselves of it while it's still under regular operation hours. So quick that question. You were saying we should not walk around with a mote of fire, uh, of elemental fire on us, but all we have is... Put it in a lantern or something? Is there a way to carry it better so I can don't because it, it I almost set my pack on fire twice when well, I was trying to well, put it away. Well we're we're actually gonna go retrieve it tonight. Is there any way we can keep it at the collegium? Or make have something made to keep it in, like a hooded lantern that you could put it inside and then you could have it and open it when you need it and close it when you don't. Uh, if you're looking for a safer way to carry it, yes, something uh, along the lines of a lantern would certainly be better than carrying it openly, yes. I'm wondering if we could take some of those rooms that we put around the forge that we're controlling, or we could maybe find a nice lantern, a hooded one, and we could scribe those on, and maybe even Paula could help us to make a, 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 a molt of elemental fire lantern. With a little hood on it, you can open it and close it. That does sound it, uh, that it would be safer. But we can't keep it here. I suppose if you wished to uh, donate it to the Collegium. We might want it, though. It did certainly help um, when we were fighting the owl bear, who was okay. corrupted. I still, I still hear... So, I still heard the war chants. Um, briefly, but like a distant echo, so it's still tied to that. Um, well, because it's tied to the plane of fire. Yes, you have, yeah. you have essentially drawn a sliver of the plane of fire into this realm. Do you think it'd be safer with us or here? Safer? Well, uh, I certainly think it would be safer here under study and and held in the vault, but I'm certainly not going to demand it of you. Well, it might be safer here, but certainly less useful if we have to fight things with Shadow again. I have a feeling we are going to be finding it seems like the Strauss family and Shadow are all wrapped up in whatever we're caught ourselves up in. Hmm. Strauss family. Yes. Well. It was a very uh, interesting journal that we shared with you. Have you found anything out about it? I haven't had a great deal of time to study it. I, I've uh, located yes, certain passages in it. Glass catches himself. The cool. <laughs> uh, he doesn't seem to catch that, and he just sort of goes on and said, I've, I've discovered certain passages in it that seem to be encoded, but I haven't had luck in breaking them yet, but I've uh, been busy on uh, other projects for the moment. But uh, I've taken a great deal of your time. Uh, I, should, I should let you get back to it, and I should return to my own studies. So Thank I can you, do a glass gentlemen. question or a DM question. Um, sure. Is there such a thing in the Collegium, literally, as kind of like that you can go there to add spells to your spell books, like pay a fee or whatever to like bar? You know, I mean, you know, in standard mechanics, it's like if you get a scroll, you can sometimes copy it in. Is a Collegium right. someplace that you can go like pay a fee, like a library fee or something, to be able to so add a spell to your spell book? Were... If you're a member of the Collegium, that is one of the things, that's one of the perks, basically, is you can kind of uh, draw on some of the resources that they have. Now, a, a lot of the time you're dealing with other wizards who aren't necessarily keen to share whatever it is they know, but you have mm -hmm. those connections. 
and you're uh, you're much more likely to be able to find someone if you're looking for a specific spell. You have a greater uh, capacity to find it. Okay. Um, so Glaswell just said, goes. So we were out having many adventures, and while back at Bimia, when I was kind of bigger and more uh, sturdy than the rest of my mage friends, and so I never really decided to study a spell that most of them have. I would really like to learn this spell called shield because there are things that hit very hard out in the world and I don't like it very much. Uh, I know I'm not a member of the Collegium yet, but could, is that something that I could could maybe uh, go and, and, and purchase or, or pay a fee to be able to try to learn? How does that work? Well, as you know, it's going to cost you... Uh, at least a fair amount of coin in the specific reagents you'll need to properly scribe the spell, but I'll make it available to you as uh, uh, we'll call it a we'll call it a bonus for bringing me this interesting information. Oh, I thank you for that. Yes, uh, I, I so I will have to cloak. Uh, what, if you wanted to go do library research, you could go do that while Glaz is is uh, scribing spells. Yeah, one thing I, I want to say before uh, he leaves, he's like, so how do we um, work out this, uh, you know, collegium associate thing? How do I have proof of that? So your other majors know. Uh, he says, we're a small group. Word will spread once this uh, this arrangement is finalized. Well, um, I said, go ahead and finalize it. I'll be in the library. Bye. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, uh, Tall Squall, you can spend the requisite gold and you can scribe shield into your spellbook. Okay. I believe yeah, it looks 50? like it's, uh, yep, 50 gold pieces for, um, first level spell? for each level of the spell. So, it's a first level spell. So, it'd be 50 gold pieces. Very good. And uh, we have that new gold that we got from selling off the, the pretty uh, the robe. robe. So, uh, so what will... were you wanting to research? Uh, Look. Oh shit, that's a great question. Um, so, uh, well, there's a lot of things he wants to research now. So, such as like uh, anything on Horizon Walkers, which he probably knows there isn't much, and he probably knows, and especially by his conversation, he's not going to spend a lot of time uh, on looking at that. Um, okay. Books about the planes now. Um, he's interested right. about the planes and the different planes of existence. Um, but he's also. Um, interested in uh, if he can um, I'm trying to think what what was the other things we needed to research um, I know you guys the other big one is, trans, is trying to transcribe or translate that to do the cipher that's like someone's got to sit down and start working on that yeah. Um, yeah. Um, mainly, mainly just uh, stuff about the planes currently, and um, and how the planes and ley lines work together. Uh, so he can like talk to Glass and like figure that kind of stuff out. Um, and then um, basically uh, anything about the type of dragon he fought and if it had a name. Okay. Uh, so you want to research the dragon. Hmm. Uh, and you want to research uh, planar lore, just kind of in general, or something specific that you're looking for? Um, 
maybe around the flame and kind of branch out from that because that's the one he he started with uh okay. and then uh which would, would tie into the dragon and then which he would like find out there's other planes and like uh you know uh and on that and then um and that's what he's going to research today all right uh so So this sort of thing will probably take sort of uh, like an extended amount of time. So it's something that you'll come back uh, over the course of a few days doing. Uh, mm-hmm. And then uh, we can, uh, let's see. So I will, basically you have um, the base expenses that you would need to do this are waived. Uh, essentially it was part of your uh, part of your reward for working for the Master Diviner. Um, mm-hmm. If, let's see here. If you wanted to, say, spend extra gold for more resources or to, you know, pay consultants, you could get bonuses on the roll. But uh, if not, we're just going to make an intelligence check and we'll uh, see what you come up with. Um, I think so at this want, time can, he would. Ju- yeah, we can just uh, make that check now. And uh, and if Glaz is going to be assisting you during this time, you can do it with advantage. But if Glaz wants to work on the cipher, he can't help with that. I think Glaz would want to work on the cipher. Okay, that's fine. Um, So uh, I would just do it straight up because it's probably in what what time? uh, Afternoon-ish. And so he he went... We're going to do the roll now, but it's going to take, you know, several uh, days worth of research to to come up with. Oh, uh, how much much is it a uh, consultant then? So like additional uh, resources. Basically, for every hundred gold pieces you want to spend, you can get a plus one to your roll to a maximum plus six. Okay, I'm not. I'm not fucking daddy warbucks, Jesus. Um, I, for now, I'm just gonna roll it straight up. Okay. Throw it up there and let's see what we get. Fucking that one. Yeah. 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 Natty, 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 natty. I'm not having a good time in this library. I can't find anything. All right, yeah. So your your research is slow going. Uh, that damn kobold that was uh, attending the door the first time you guys tried to get in his back, and and he is uh, basically just wandering around and getting in your way every time you're trying to get to one of the shelves or find something specific. Uh, it just seems like he's got the books you're looking for, uh, and he's real smug about it. <laughs> so your your research is making little progress, unfortunately. Uh, so uh, if there's nothing else specific anyone wants to work on right now, we can jump forward to Kane's information about the fellows who uh, about the folks who were hired mm-hmm. to work with the cultist uh, people down in the cartways. Should I roll for cipher dis- translation now, yeah, or is that later? Yeah, go ahead and go ahead and give me an intelligence uh, check for that, and we'll see. I'll note the result of that, and we'll deal with that after you have time. Uh, are you are you in the library? Is Glass um, in the library right now? Probably I not. Kinda, I don't think. Yeah, I see or him coming out back at the house and probably uh, you know uh, probably sprucing up the house and then works on the cipher some and then spruces up the house and works on the cipher some and you know okay. uh, makes you know stops and has tea to, whenever he sees Mrs. Uh, not Cobblepot, Cobble Kettle Cobble. I'm uh, sorry. Kettle whistle. Kettle whistle. <laughs> Cobblepot, or you can call her D. D. Let's, Wait, uh, no, we're calling her Sweet D. Sweet D. Says, oh, please call me D. 
and you can call me Glass. And uh, he does his intelligence check. So it's just a flat up uh, intelligence. Just a just a straight up intelligence check. Ooh, a, a Ooh. seventeen. Nice. All right. So that's cipher seventeen. Got it. Okay, so you guys spent the rest of the day working on your uh, working on your various research tasks. Uh, the Dampiers spend it uh, rousting the smuggler bar in in Lower Zobek, and uh, the time comes for you to retrieve the flame from uh, Paula Everforge's smithy. Oh, hello, buddy. <laughs> oh, that was goblin. Cool. He's rambunctious. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Uh, all right, so you guys can uh, return to the Everforge Smithy and retrieve the flame. And when you arrive, uh, Paula is sort of seated off to the side, and it looks like she's having dinner and feeding bits of it between her bites, feeding bits of it to Puff Puff, who is just happily there, uh, snatching up each one that she drops for her. Um, when you arrive, she lets you in with a smile, and she says, uh, Cloak... I have a little bit more work to do on your mask of fixing the teeth and uh, finishing some of the polishing, but I believe the primary forging is done much faster than I would have thought possible, if you'd like to see it. Oh, yeah! So she shows you the mask, and it looks fearsome. It uh, it oh. actually looks very, very similar to the uh, to the dragon that you that you faced, although it doesn't really have that, that inner glow of flame. Uh, that the, dra- mm-hmm. the living dragon itself did. It looks almost like black iron, except in a few of these places, it's still hot to the touch. And uh, it, it looks like there's just this faint, um, like a cherry red light, very, very faint in some of the recessed uh, crevices of the mask. Oh, that's so fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, um, it doesn't have the teeth affixed yet, but, uh, but it's basically done. And then she'll need to you know, put the straps and, and all of that good stuff on him. Oh my god. Forging, this is... forging is done. Oh, cloak the horizon walker with his new mask. <laughs> do 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 do. Yeah, it's very nice. <laughs> um, he, he would so, be like, uh, this is a mo- yeah. Oh, go ahead, sorry. Uh, that, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, so, um, well, okay. So, we talked to the collegium, um, and uh, you know, just get down to brass task. Um, it, it is, uh, and we're speaking of glass. Glass is with me, right? Oh yeah. yes, I'm here. Okay. Um, is there a way we can make a lantern that could hold the the flame? She uh, she kind of tilts her head to the side, considering it, and she said, "Yeah, okay, all right. I, I could see why you'd want something like that. That's a little." Um, she looks at the kind of empty torch, uh, iron sconce thing that uh, Glass has been carrying around, and he's kind of trottling over to the uh, over to the forge and starting to like poke at the the blue burning coals, which are still burning at full force, and it's just like this this low roar coming from the forge, and that waves of heat are just rolling over you. As you head near to it, uh, Glass, it's a little uncomfortable. It makes your skin. It's pretty- so hot, my my tusks are sweating. <laughs> oh. uh, she says, "I could see why you'd want something a little better contained." Yes, uh, I think I could take just a, a, a normal hooded lantern and make a few modifications to it if you want it to be more secure. That would yeah, be wonderful. Right. That yeah. would be simple enough. Um, 
Uh, so, a, a couple other orders uh, I wanted to see. Um, so, when I uh, two two things that I, I was curious about. Can you help me make armor for Puff Puff? Um, oh, certainly. And, uh, um, and Puff Puff's a magical dog, so I don't know if you figured that out yet. Well, have you seen she that? Res she responds to my you know my speech, so I assume so. Oh, yeah. Well, look, and then he, like, takes a piece of the food off her plate and then, like, throws it, and then, like, he would, like, blink out of existence to go catch it and then blink back. Right. You throw it across the room, and she, uh, Puff Puff, like, jumps up, and mid-leap vanishes, and that little spray of golden sparkles appears up in the air, snatches it, and then lands and trots back over to you happily. Um, and then uh, I'd be like, well, uh, is there something that we can... Uh, uh, Put on her to help it. That's why I didn't have her fight the dragon because I was afraid she would get hurt. Oh, uh, certainly. I, I've made barding before for a variety of, of mounts. Um, I certainly could make some to fit Puff Puff. No, no difficulty at all. Okay. Uh, what, and what, then, variety um, of, uh, what what variety uh, of what specific variety of armor would you like for her? Um, I'm thinking. Um, uh, I'm so on, on the logistic on, on the logistical side of things, uh, yeah. cloak uh, barding costs four times a normal suit of armor's price. Although that's for horse barding, um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it, it costs twice for a medium-sized creature instead of four. Okay, times. Uh, it'll, I'll have to look be, at that. It'll be basically armor armor cost times two. Let me look at uh, prices real quick. Uh, armor, 5e prices. And kind of do the math real quick. Um, mm -hmm. So um, as I'm figuring this out, I look at her and I go, so um, another question um, is uh, uh, my sword. When I, I plunged it into the, um, the dragon, um, it kind of got a discoloration with it. Uh, I think it needs to be retempered. Um, is there any way like you can retemper it and kind of uh, um, uh, you know uh, refurbish it a little bit? I should be able to do that, no problem. Yes. Okay. Um, I'm looking at but the cloak. It looks so cool that it's all blue. It's got neat neat markings on it from the dragon. Yeah, but I I think that's bad for a sword. Uh, uh, if that tells me anything, I grew I grew up around blacksmiths, and so well, that's, uh, that's something. Yeah, um, let's see here. Um, so one thing I want to point out uh, to you is that Puff Puff has a plus three dexterity modifier. Um, so mm -hmm. the optimal one for her is probably something like studded leather, Stud so she can use all Yeah, things. that's what I was looking at. Um, so I'd be like. Um, is there a way you can make like a, a studded leather uh, something for her? Uh, she nods and says that that'll be easy enough. In fact, I may even be able to get something that's already made. Um, there, there are uh, there are a, a few types of barding that are more commonly available. I think I'll be able to start there and have it done much sooner. Okay. Um, well. Um... How about this? And then he uh, and he goes out. Um, this is for everything. And he puts out the two last gems he has that are worth fifty gold, um, mm -hmm. and uh, gives them to her. Okay. Yep. That'll cover it. 
Uh, and she'll actually give you 10 gold back in change because this will cost you 90. So. Okay. I'm fine with that. Let me add right, that to so, my tool. So all set there then. Uh, Glaz, you as you uh, take that sconce and put it into the forge, the flame just sort of rolls back uh, in that weird liquid fire way. It just sort of drains mm -hmm. out of the coals and pulls itself up into the uh, into the iron cage and begins burning there again. And you scoop it out. This is so cool. And we'll have you a nice home very soon, so you don't have to sit out in the sconce all the time, talking to the flame. Aha. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. All right. So uh, you guys conclude your business there, and you can catch back up with Riodan and Kane and find out about what they what they learned. Uh, I imagine we're going to go look at the fuckhouse. That's the only place he would know they're at. Yeah, because yeah, we don't know that they're at the at the wheat chief. Uh... Sure. So uh, you guys return to the soak scabbard, um, and they are not present. Although I imagine Riodan will be along shortly. Um, so uh, after your sure. rousing day, uh, sort of knocking around the uh, the underbelly of Zobek with Kane, uh, you find yourself. Headed back towards more familiar digs for better drink and uh, oh, less fragrant company. Hello. So, uh, can I do something silly? So Glad goes to the bar and uh, says, "Well, uh, you know, I gets he gets a mead because he likes his mead and goes." So I heard that uh, I could pay to have uh, to have someone be a, a companion. No, I, 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 I mean, ooh. No, I, don't. Oh, yes. Most, most oh, certainly, glass. my friend, says the, oh, uh, glass, the, glass. the shaved headed, big, mustache, muscly armed, tattooed bartender. <laughs> Does it cost extra if I want if I want to play uh, play games? Well, it depends on the kind of games. I'm sure there are plenty that could be handled. Uh, under the I know lots and lots of if games. We're getting into How something, much is it to have know, someone come play games? If we're getting into something more esoteric, then, you know, that's a, a more discerning taste. It's going to require a very special touch, and that will, of course, be more expensive. But that's it should be fine, my friend. Oh, God. The more games, the better. Is that kind of what I think is the way that it would be the best? All right. Uh, how much for someone who knows all the games? Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> well I want to hear, right. hear the price, but then... <laughs> <laughs> so, are you looking? Are, are you looking for someone to keep you company all night, or just for uh, for a, a time in the evening? How long do you think until Riodan gets here, uh, Cloak? I don't know. He can show up at any minute here. I believe he showed up. So this is about the time you walk in. You see, uh, you see, oh, okay. Glaz, uh in negotiations with the bartender. Wait, Glaz, Glaz is getting a companion that plays all the games we were done. Hold on. Oh, is he now? <laughs> so, what, uh, how about well. we look to be? I assume, Rio, then you are going to go off and disappear for a little bit. So, uh, a couple hours? Or are you all, are you going to be dizzy all night? I've, I've, I've got nothing planned. Honestly, I've been beating up people in bars with Kane all day, so a bit of a refined evening might be uh, in order. Oh, I guess then just a couple hours would be good for all the games for a couple hours. Oh, God. Hi. 
All right. Did I uh, did I misread here, or are you looking for companionship for Rio then as well? Oh no, no I'm not paying for her. No. Oh, very well. I'm not looking for uh, anything. I'll wine, and I'm going to watch. Oh God, Murden, really? Oh God. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so Rajal, the bartender. Uh, I, I the secretly sort of. Uh, Claps, oh, uh, claps cloak on the shoulder and says, "Well then, for uh, for someone who knows all the games for merely a few hours, uh, I'm two gold. I'm gonna talk to him, man. Who? Do you just two gold? Yes. Oh, that. Oh, that's not bad at all. And so he, he goes, and here uh, three, so that we make sure that we have a good time. I'll be over in the uh, in the booth right over there waiting. Noted. He grabs the three and says, "Thank you." Your, uh, I, your evil will be along in a few moments. I, you know what? I just kind of want to watch this person's face as I realize what he means. So let's go. <laughs> I, I'm going to watch. I want to watch Glass's face when he realizes what he means. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, for a moment, uh, he's going to stop you for a moment, Glass, and say, "Do you have any preferences on your companionship?" Oh, whoever's smartest is fine. I, I'm not. I am not fussed. Easily enough. I'll uh, I'll have a talk to Kaja and uh, make sure that only the best is sent for you. Oh, that will be wonderful. And he, of course, goes and starts unpacking his chess set and starts unpacking <laughs> some dice and a deck of All cards. Right. <laughs> and, All right. And like the, the, the fantasy version of Monopoly. <laughs> Very good. Uh, all right. So uh, a few minutes later, a very beautiful uh, human woman walks out from the back and she's wearing a uh, a silk dress um it's not quite a gown it's not quite that formal but it is absolutely lovely and it flows over her shoulders like like sapphire smoke down to the ground to the uh, these uh these little silver embroidered slippers that are poking out from under the helm uh, she has long black hair bound up that then cascades down in these loose curls over her shoulders. And she comes up to your table and places uh, a hand on your forearm and says, Good evening, you're Glazishin, I, pre I uh, presume? Ah, oh, yes, I am. Aren't you just the loveliest thing? You know, your dress looks like smoke. We fought the dragon. Now yeah, she's you? from the elemental plane of fire because she's really hot. <laughs> I think I should oh, like to hear God. all about that. Please. Is I get a percentage of the commission. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, get a, I call over, tip well. Uh, yes, we can talk about that while we, while we play the games. I hear you are most skilled uh, player of games. Oh, only the best. What would you like to play first? Oh, uh, I was thinking perhaps uh, chess, or I've got the nice deck of cards here, or we can roll dice, we can play liar's dice. Shall it's just we fun to chess. Close, close like this right now. Shut up, Rudin! Uh, Don't take this away she, from me! <laughs> she, quirks, uh, she quirks one perfect eyebrow, just slightly, looks down at the everything you have spread out on the table, and then without a word or even a, a further second's hesitation, slides opposite you into the booth and says, pick your favorite. I know all of them. Oh, God. Damn it, she's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I know as though he's finally understanding. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I, I have been working on my chess game, so maybe we'll try that. Or would you like to start off with something a little quicker? Maybe some, uh, some. Uh, I just say gin rummy because I don't know what sure. the, that would be in our yeah, world. Yeah, no problem. Uh, maybe some, maybe uh, a card game first. Sure. She uh, she picks up the deck of cards and begins shuffling, and she suggests a game, you know, a common one that you've heard of, and she definitely begins so dealing. <laughs> yep. Uh, it, I mean, she, uh, yeah, like, uh, you guys who are watching, she just sits down to play games with Glass, and that goes on for a little while. And she uh, occasionally suggests that uh, if you would find it more comfortable, perhaps you could retire to one of the rooms if you'd like to try some games in uh, a more private uh, intimate oh no here is fine this way everyone can enjoy as we play <laughs> she uh she uh, agrees without batting an eye and just plays whatever games you want to play however long you want to play for the evening cool uh what, okay. is, what, what is your name dear uh maybe so we can maybe uh, do this again sometime oh, i'd love that very much my name is valia valia what a lovely name where are you from valia uh, he just goes on and making small yeah, talk she, she chats and tells you about herself you go. I put it in the uh, the chat so you can see how it's spelled. And uh, oh, Kube, why a nice name! Um, and uh, he compliments her always on when she does good plays or teaches him things. And uh, uh, yeah, so just yeah, Glaz, you have a scintillating evening. It is it is an absolute blast. I need to come to the fuck house more often. <laughs> <laughs> After the night is over, he uh, rejoins Rio de Janeiro. <laughs> oh, there it is. All right. <laughs> So right. I then rejoin them after however long they want to let Glass sit there and play games with Valia. <laughs> I mean, you paid for two hours plus, so uh, basically she'll spend the rest of the evening into the into the night with you. What a lovely, lovely evening. This Brian, I now understand why you hang out here. You said you had found out some information and <laughs> Nice! <laughs> Perhaps I did. I've just been having the most wonderful evening. I think my f the favorite evening that I've ever had. In this the has been the greatest, greatest experience of my whole life. I, I commend that woman. <laughs> Any of you guys? Glass so in full glass mode for three hours playing all the games, you know, all the most intricate, boring games you could ever uh, imagine. She she plays that, the games. It, she 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 knows uh, several games that you don't and teaches them to you. Um, she is able to converse with you on a wide variety of topics. Nothing like terribly arcane and esoteric, but right. she is well read. Um, yeah. No, we have a lovely evening in class. I, I learned two new games. Have you ever played the Bridges of Zolbeck? It is it is a very fun game. It's a little bit different. We have something in Bimia that's the Tower of Bimia. The rules are a little bit different, but it plays very much the same. Riodan, you have played both of those games. You suspect not the same rules they were just using. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, the I played. Ooh, wow, yeah, the towers of oh, I just played. Yeah. The, the bridges of Zobek is very different in Rio Dan's bedroom. Mm. Um, yeah, um, I I look at the the woman that Glass hired to play games with, and I I, I kind of lean in as Glass is like explaining everything to Rio Dan, and I was, and he would be like, "Does that happen often?" 
More often than you'd, <laughs> you'd be surprised, honestly. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you asking her or were you asking Rio? Yeah, asking her. Oh, okay. Because yeah. Rio and Glass are going and talking. Right. Uh, does what happen often? Sorry. Uh, uh, someone who doesn't understand what this place is comes to play games. And then plays games. Because that was hilarious and you played it off very well. Oh, does he not understand what the silk scabbard is? Oh, no. We tell the fuck house, but he's like, oh, they play games here, and he wanted to when play you, games. When you, and... call it, when you call it the fuck house, she kind of scrunches up her nose a little bit and, hmm, a little crass, I thought, what, but I suppose, it's, I suppose it's accurate. That's what Reardon calls it. So, um, so the lovely, <laughs> the lovely silk scabbard, um... So, um, yeah, I know, I to, you know, I have to commend you. That's, uh, that was pretty amazing. Oh, well, thank you very much. I take a great deal of pride in my work. Hmm. I'm here to, uh, I, I, was, I was here to ensure that, uh, that Glazishin had a wonderful evening, and I, I like to, to think I succeeded. He did. He's probably going to sleep really well tonight. Probably he'll sleep for a whole three hours and then uh, and then be up. And, and again, he'll be planning to play more games and waking me well, up. I hope, he, I hope he comes back again. I had a lovely evening. Well, I mean, if you ever want to play games, just let us know. I will. She smiles dazzlingly at you and uh, and just sort of uh, walks away. And she walks with this grace like a willow tree blowing in the wind. Yeah, and then, um, and then he's just like, "Oh, I can see it. Okay, work <laughs> All right. So, uh, Kane, when do when do you rejoin <laughs> this carnival of fools? I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to come back. Like, it's it's bad when party. it was just Reardon, what? but it's it's no, it's uh, yeah. I, I guess I will. I will return. I got. I'm. I, I'm going to gather the guys together when there's time to go after this. When it's time to go after this dickhead. What's his name? Hold on. <laughs> uh, Vandessian Three. That's the one. Uh, okay, so that you know, he is supposedly meeting uh, whoever his seller is at the Cartways Black Market tomorrow night, the following night. Uh, so yeah, if you want to come back and get them like the following afternoon or whatever to have enough time to prepare, do whatever you guys want to do, that'll be plenty. Yeah, yeah, that's it. All right. So, uh, anything else? Uh, any other pressing business anyone wanted to deal with? Uh, I will say that in the intervening time before he uh, he comes back with his information, uh, Paula Everforge will complete your request on the lantern and uh, cloak. Your sword has been retempered. It's it's going to be just fine. Uh, she even okay. sharpened it and uh, polished any of the uh, smaller nicks and dents from um, the recent action it has seen. So it's basically better than new at the moment. Yeah, uh, polished, resharpened, uh, retempered it. Yeah, it's uh, it's ready to rock. Uh, and yeah, so basically, you have now a uh, you have a hooded lantern that also has uh, steel shutters on the sides that can close completely. So it's basically just this 
uh, completely enclosed metal lantern with a, a handle at the top that is um, uh, wrapped in leather. And you can open the shutters and open the hood. And so you can use it basically like a normal hooded lantern, but it's got the crazy blue elemental flame in it. Um, who, who wants to hang on to this one? Glass, do you want to... Oh, no, yeah, absolutely. I want to be... Transfer... So I, I basically transfer the elemental flame out of mm -hmm. the... Um, <clears throat> out of the sconce and into the um, and into the hooded lantern. I, I assume that it's... I mean, it, does he need to do any preparations to make it so that it will... You'll be Not held as far as in you there tell, without, no. like, So you, uh, you, you, uh, yeah, you bring the the torch sconce over, and you. I'm calling it a sconce. That's not right, but you guys know what I mean. You, uh, you yeah. dump the torch over, and it pours uh, as if this weren't flame, but some kind of molten lapis just runs out of the torch into the lantern, and then reforms into that flame and burns up again inside there. You can kind of close it in, and it's yep. and it's all set. Close it down. And uh, is it uh, you well enough insulated that it's not like red hot on the outside, so I could put it in a pack without it I like mean, singeing and scorching it's, stuff? It's it's or gonna get it hot because it's gonna get hot because it's a lantern, but the handle is wrapped specifically to insulate it, uh, so you can carry it no problem and and even hang it from something no problem. Yeah, as well. So you could my, like even put it on, on the end of like a or whatever. You could hang it on your yeah. pack. That might get a little uncomfortable. Uh, you could put it on like a pole or end of a staff. That sort of well, thing. Well, yeah, he has a staff, so I mean, he could do that. So you have like a lantern, lantern pole, yeah, yeah, that would work as well. Well, I kind of like that idea that he's got it with his staff with the big crystal on the top. And actually, you know what? He might like hang the carnelian off it too, so it sort of is a. He's sort of like collecting go. things on his staff. I kind of like that idea. Nice, cool, cool. All right, uh, so is the mask? you guys have uh, the mask. At this point, yeah, we'll be done. All she basically had to do was finish the fixtures and affix the teeth, which she could do with some resin. And so it's set. You've got your badass brand new dragon bear mask. <laughs> and he would look at everyone and say, look! That's <laughs> fierce, darling. Very fierce. So when Lots. he puts the mask on, and particularly when his hood is up, you can see that faint tracery of red glow in all of the recesses of the dragon face. The dragon face. That's <laughs> really cool. I think very, that should be Cloak's uh, new like pseudonym, like the the his alter ego that he goes under. Dragon is the dragon. Dragon face. face. Don't let me go, dragon face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, and as we are coming up on eleven o'clock, I think that is where we will call it for this week, and we will pick up that next makes. week, heading into the cartways to the black market to track down the leader of the black shields. Nice. Oh, yeah. Nice. Damn. What an episode. All right, then. Dragon yeah. Mask complete. Quest complete. Awesome. Uh, well, my friends, uh, I can tell you something again. Uh, that's what we're going to in tonight's episode of The Wall Street Burns. If you, let, if you enjoyed the episode, let us know. Uh, of course, if you're watching back on YouTube, you can drop us a comment as well. And be sure to check out Cobalt Press. Uh, sponsoring tonight's show. Check out Midgard. It's so much fun to play. And if you want your own adventures in Zobeg, uh, definitely check out the Zobeg Gazetteer. And uh, CobaltPress.com is a place to go for that. Uh, next week, we'll, the whole cast and crew will be back with us. So I have uh, Carrie back, and I'm sure we'll learn what shenanigans she's got up to uh, while, yes. uh, while she's been away. 
Uh, and of course, we'll be back again tomorrow on account of roleplay. At the time of 1pm Eastern for the finale of uh, Doors to Darkness and then the finale of Warhammer Beneath Dark Bowels. Uh, as another reminder, as I'm saying, throughout the whole week, this is finale week on Encounter Roleplay, except for on the Wall Tree Burns, which kind of joined in mid-season. Um, so we're continuing on uh, next week at that. Um, but for the rest of the shows, it's finale week, and then we take a two-week break, come back on the 48-hour uh, D&D stream, and then start the new season. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the general news that I'm pushing this week. Uh, but let's go around the cast and crew. Did we enjoy ourselves? And of course, where can we find you guys online? Dan Dillon, fantastic job, as always. Uh, how was that? Thank you. Oh, it was great. Uh, I like I like changing pace a little bit um, yeah. to, to get yeah. into some of the, the nuts and bolts of city life and uh, figuring out, you know, what are what are these crazy adventurers kind of day to day routines? What are they doing when they're not risking their lives for fortune, glory and stupidity? And uh, and, and so that was fun. We we uh, we hit a couple of plot points that are cool. I was hoping that uh, Kane would roll a little bit better on his investigation to figure <laughs> out what's going on with him. But he got some information, <laughs> some information more yet to be had. Uh, certainly, if you tell or team up with anyone else, it'll be much easier to discover. But uh, no, I had a blast. Uh, I always have a blast running this game. I love love these players. I love this setting. It's awesome. Uh, I'm Dan Dillon. You can find me at the Twitters, Dan underscore Dillon underscore one. Uh, I'm also on Facebook. I'm a moderator on the Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition Facebook page. It's the one with over 125,000 members. Uh, we love to talk D&D. There's a hell of a lot of us. We'd love to see you there. Great stuff. Thanks so much, Dan. And uh, Tool School, great episode tonight. How was that? Oh, I always have a blast. Glazishin is just so much fun to play with and play around with this sort of uh, crazy trollkin, uh, fun-loving magic, innocent, whatever, all the things that Glaz is. Um, and uh, thanks for letting me have a little bit of fun there at the end at the brothel of... Uh, uh, hanging out with and play and finally finding someone who will play games with him because no one no one ever uh, <laughs> takes him up on his offers to play games. <laughs> so uh, even though we had to pay someone, yeah, he had a great night, and uh, it's great to see all the different plot stuff and all these things that I have read about and all of the uh, Cobalt Press Midgard books. And now to be to be living them and seeing them is just is a blast. So you can find me at Tall Squall all over. Uh, the internet. Um, also, you can find me at uh, Bird in the Storm Publishing, where we are putting out our first uh, little module. We uh, played it over uh, last weekend on Friday and then again Saturday morning. Uh, and uh, there's videos of that out and around that you will be linking to if people want to watch us play. We uh, had great casts in both of them and had a whole lot of fun. And uh, if you get in touch with me or send a DM to uh, Bird in the Storm One at Bird of the Storm One on Twitter, uh, until the end of the week, we will let you get a playtest copy so you can run it and see how you like it and give feedback to us on it. So thank you everybody for all your support on that. It's been great, and thanks for turning into World Tree Burns and Cobalt Press because their stuff rocks. I use it all the time. Awesome. Thanks so much, Told School. And McLogan. Hello, I'm McLogan. I played a gnome for three hours. Um, I had I had, I had a blast today. Uh, I like I like doing changing it up where like you know we didn't get any combat this whole time, but I like it because the, the role the role playing by everyone's really good. So uh, and then having those interactions and that kind of stuff, and then um, just seeing just seeing how things are so different. Uh, 
in like Zobek. I was literally looking at the Zobek map as we we're talking to see where we were going. Oh, nice. uh, as and like following along, so I was like, "Oh, we tried. We were in the Collegium, and we went all the way across town to get to the Gear District." So, um, and then like, uh, and I don't know where the Silk Scarab is. I was trying to find it. Sorry. And Our then uh, the Silk Scarab so, is not on the yeah. map. It's kind okay. of where the uh, lower, upper, and Cobalt ghettos kind of where they meet. It's right around that area. Out by the Crown Square. Uh, yeah, and uh, I'll throw out there that okay. you can go to cobaltpress.midgardmap.com and you can see all this, uh, friends and viewers and listeners. Uh, the I will Midgard put it in chat there. right now. It's interactable, it's online, and you can even zoom into the Zobek city map. Uh, on Ooh, the Zobek is in there now? Yep, Zobek yeah. and Perbestet and another city are in there now. Yeah, it's, it's pretty sweet. Amazing. I was... I was uh, I was using that so um, but yeah I like I like how Cloak was able to uh, and Glass were able to kind of like figure out more of the magic side and figure out that you know what's going on with Cloak and like uh, and that was super awesome and then Reardon getting his nice armor and then Kane beating the shit out of everyone um, <laughs> so uh, it was, uh, I uh, today's episode was fucking crazy and I loved it. Um, but yeah, you guys can find me uh, on uh, my channel, Mixer.com slash StoryQuest. Uh, I do a show about once a week uh, called Chosen. Um, uh, there's no show this week uh, because I have uh, a work thing tomorrow, so I'm not uh, I'm not uh, running the show. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's me. Uh, follow me at Twitter at McLoken uh, and Tall Squall. You should totally give me a playtest thing because I would totally like to see that and see what you guys are doing. Absolutely, I'll send it one to you immediately. Fantastic. And last but not least, Josh. I think my favorite part of the week uh, was absolutely just beating the shit out of people in uh, Honeypot. That was, that was just amazing. <laughs> just that. Not really what I was expecting, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, but I'm looking forward to. Uh, so, Kane. Kane has got to level three just in time to actually bounty hunt somebody yep. who is wanted in the city of Zobek. And uh, Kane's, uh, Kane's subclass is um, uh, Zobek Scout. Scout. Yeah, Zobek yeah. Scout. Um, so it gives some really cool things that I'm really keen to sort of share with you guys and show you how they work. Um, one of my favorite ones is essentially the ability to be able to go. Yeah, I know a guy. Like market yeah. awareness is basically just like, don't worry, I know a guy. Like, I'll, I'll hook you up. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, you but, can um, take um, your you can take your ranger primeval awareness and use it to find city related stuff. Yeah, yeah, which is awesome. So being able to just, like, I know a guy, they know you a great deal. Don't even worry about it. So um, yep. yeah, no, I'm super excited for that. But uh, you can find me um, causing trouble on. World Tree Burns and uh, online it's encountered Josh and, and that's me. Fantastic. Well, my friends, that's where we're going to end tonight's episode. Uh, so myself, my plug for tonight is go and check out the Discord channel. If you're not in there yet, come along, chat to us so we can hang out, talk about World Tree Burns and all the other shows and role-playing games out there that we enjoy playing. 
Uh, there's over a thousand folks in the Discord chatting about role-playing games. If you're keen to learn or if you're eager to get to impart your knowledge upon other folks uh, and help them learn the game, it's a great place to go and do so. Uh, you'll see me tomorrow for Doors of Darkness. I'm super nervous about the finale of that because it's the end of a year and a half campaign. Uh, and then Ooh. Warhammer finales as well. And I'm super nervous about that because I'm going to die to my evil twin brother in a Star Wars fueled epic finale that I can't wait for. Uh, but, wow. my friends, it's been, God, so long since I stopped started streaming this morning. I've forgotten what I'm doing with my life. So I'm going to go hang out with Sid for a bit. And I'll see you guys next time. Until then, try not to draw too many now ones because we want to be here laughing when you do. Good night, everyone. Bye. Good night. Hey, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.